Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the Grumpy Old Man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me, Grump. What you got going on over there? What's that flicking noise? Don't you worry about what it is, Sunshine. Oh man, I'm all excited today. The Islanders' big victory. Come around, beat the Rangers, just like I told you they were going to do. I knew they were going to win today. They're going to win another couple of games, come the deadline, and then we start playing the playoff teams left on our schedule. That'll be that. So enjoy it the next couple of weeks, Islander fans. I Today is an odd one. It is. And and, and I think it it's going to be one where it may not be what our uh, NHL trade deadline specials have been or have been like in the past, as simple as that, because – Today, we're tasked with a different, more interesting topic. We've got to talk a little bit about the recent performance of the Islanders. We have to talk about the recent uh, revitalization of some players' careers, it looks like. Man, last seven or eight games, it could be up there with Bobby Orr and Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky with how some of these guys are playing out there right now. We're going to have to talk a little bit about how they've played. Um, if it's really uh, now everybody's just hitting their groove because I, there's an opinion that goes on out there in the social media sphere that all the Islanders need to do is make an adjustment, a tweak here or there, and we'll be right back to being in the playoffs, right back to being one of the best teams in the NHL because what we've seen over the last few games is a direct indication of what they'll be able to carry over to next year as well. And uh, we'll we'll speak a little bit more in depth on that. We'll speak a little bit about what the Islanders are rumored to do at the NHL trade deadline today and what some pieces are already getting back in return. And I'm telling you, this year's trade deadline, you could get an absolute monster haul of draft picks, young players, and NHL-ready players already. 
So there's going to be a lot to take into account today. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, number one, welcome. We invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. My schedule's been hectic, but we do this show every single Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also cover games live, as long as they're not West Coast games, and as long as it's not on a Thursday or Sunday. The only reason we do not go live on Thursdays or Sundays is because we have another podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That could be found in the link in the description below, and it can also be found as a linked channel on our YouTube page. So if you want to hear myself and Grumpy just shoot the shit and talk sports, that's exactly where you need to go. Thursdays, 9 p.m. and then Eastern Standard Time and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. And I just want to say uh, congratulations to TJ's wife, Paige. She had a match process where, and she found out where she's going to be spending uh, yes. the first three years of her residency. Um, as a doctor. So congratulations, Paige. Well, yes, congratulations to the wonderful Paige. Absolutely. But uh, yes, so that's why we didn't cover the game live this afternoon. And that's why the schedule has been thrown off a bit. And another general housekeeping item, we will mention this on our next podcast. We go live for the Islander show. It's going to be tough to have some coming up. I'm going to vacation uh, in Europe. So I'm going to be out and about um, I will try to make sure we are able to go uh, live as many times as possible, but there's going to be like a six or seven hour time difference. But we're going to try to keep, you know, as close to schedule as we can. Might have to jump on early because I think like 12 o'clock their time is going to be like seven o'clock your time, Grump. I don't know. We're going to have to try to keep things as close as we can. We want to make sure we can still offer content for you guys to listen to, you know, to cut through all the BS that's thrown out there. Um, but we will try. We'll try. Hold it to us. And uh, I guarantee you those podcasts will be shorter, understandably so, um, and we will not be doing games while TJ's gone for however long he's gone. Six that's months, correct. I will months. not. It's, it's going to be about two and a half weeks, about two, two and a half weeks. Um, that good. being said, Grump, the Islanders today beat the Dallas Stars. Um and they won four to two. Brock Nelson had another fantastic game. Brock Nelson has played really well this year, been very consistent. I know you have been on record multiple times in the past as to saying you're not all that impressed with Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson's played extremely well. Okay. I didn't say I was not that impressed with Brock Nelson. I think Islander fans overrate him. And what I said was he could get you big value if you were to move someone at the deadline. That's what I said. I'm more than happy to have Brock Nelson here. He's performing well, particularly recently. He's got quite a few goals in the last, whatever, five or six games. And I'll tell you what, he shot. He had a couple of really nice shots today for two goals. The empty netter, you know, whatever. It's a Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, Anders Lee special, the empty netter for the hat trick. But they all still count, and it's a career high in goals for Brock Nelson. Congratulations, Croc. No, no, no. Give Throw some respect on the name. I remember I told yes, you he's going to have a career high in points and goals this year. You said, what's like? What's like? It looks like that is all, all but yet a few games away, Grump. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And I think it's a benefit. I mean, he's benefited from having Anders Lee on his line. Uh, I think that's kind of rejuvenated them and have uh, Anthony Bavillier on that line with them. He's the line driver. And Bavillier has played extremely well also in that time frame particularly with setting those guys up. 
Well, well, let's talk a little bit about that. I think the line combinations are, you know, it's more conducive to their success. Brock Nelson works better with a guy like Anders Lee. Anders Lee is not a fit for a guy like Matt Barzal. Simple as that. Sorry. Just as simple as it can be. Um, and, and to strap Anders Lee on, you know, Matt Barzal's wing was criminal in that regard. But now, Grumpy, have you noticed there's been quite a fantastic performance out of our captain, Anders Lee, over the last hmm, seven games. Have you happened to notice that, Grump? Sure have. Ever since he got dropped in the lineup. Seems like he's trying a little bit. Ever since he got demoted, he's picked his game up. It's very noticeable. Very noticeable. I mean, mm. we talked about it as soon as it happened. Look at how he's hustling all of a sudden. He gets dropped from the first line. First, it was the third line he was on. And all of a sudden, He's rushing in there, forechecking, hustling back on defense. They're all things he was capable of doing, but I think he just got, you know, fat, dumb, and happy playing on the first line. Never thought there was any repercussions to his pathetic play for the majority of the season. And to Barry Trotz's credit, let's give credit where credit's due, he dropped him to where he really belongs in the lineup, second line, third line, and you've seen a rejuvenation in Anders Lee. Good move by Barry Trotz. And congratulations to Anders Lee for taking the demotion and trying to work harder. I'm going to give him credit for that because he certainly has played harder and better in the last two weeks ever since the demotion. Okay. Thank you for going on for a good bit on that. I want to talk a little bit about something that's important is the narrative for this, right? People act. And now did you happen to see the recent, let me, let me backtrack. Have you happened to see the recent article by Kevin Kurtz talking about Anders Lee and talking about his confidence. Did you happen to see that? I did read it. It was it was it was uh interesting. Here's the thing. Kevin Kurtz gets a pass from me this year. No matter what he writes because he's new to the Islander organization. He's wrong on pretty much everything he says, but he's new. So he's, you know, he has his feelers in certain areas uh of other teams that not really the Islanders per se. Okay. And I think that he's eventually going to get there, but he's not there yet. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's gear that. I'm not talking broad Kevin Kurtz. I'm talking about this specific article. And did you happen to read it? You said, yes. Now it happens to talk about Anders Lee. And this is something I've seen propagated an awful lot. Bill's facts made a little tweet about this too. I had, I had brought up the question and I said, is it shocking or concerning that Anders Lee has produced over 33% of his season total in points over the last six games? Now he's got even higher total because he had an assist also today. But in the last seven games, he's produced 35, 36% of his entire season's production over a seven-game stretch. And again, you get some low IQ individuals who are like, well, you don't understand numbers work. I'm like, I completely do grasp that. But you're hearing that, oh, no, this is not a deal. This is not a big issue. This is actually an encouraging sign, TJ, that after we are eliminated from the playoffs and after we're 20 games back, it's encouraging that Anders Lee is starting to score and perform because guess what? It means that he's finally recovering from his ACL surgery, guys. That's terrific. He's back and he's ready to go. He's ready to put it on a tear just like last year. And I have to take pause. And, and, here, and here's the thing. This is where I don't want to come off as – you, I want to come off delicately because I think some people maybe believe exactly what's written in the Kevin Kurtz article. 
and some people just don't understand kind of how bouncing back from injuries work. I've had two knee surgeries when I played sports, much one much more severe than what Anders Lee's had. Now, let's just take us through the process of the Anders Lee's recovery, right? Everyone remembers in May of last year, Anders Lee was out on the ice skating before games, not, not doing anything severe or anything crazy. He was out there kind of getting his bearings underneath him, getting back out there. So he was skating in May of 2021. He skated in May, June, July, August, October. He had five months that he skated, and he was out there. Can, can I? Ice, you, what, Grumpy? Can, what, Grumpy? Uh, he also skated in September. You left September out. I left September out. I can't count the months. But he had skated in six months, six months of preparation to get ready for the season. I love these people who come out there and say, it usually takes a full year for somebody to recover from an ACL surgery. Bad microfracture surgery on my knee. Much more severe knee surgery than that. doesn't take you a full year to recover from an ACL surgery. Don't believe that BS. Here's the thing. What they do mention in that article, which is true, you do have a mental factor when you come back and bounce back from injury. There is no doubt about that. None at all. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm doubting that he has a mental or had some sort of mental you know, hang-ups possibly as he was getting back out here on the ice. The issue I have, though, is the mental hang-up does not take from October, November, December, January, February, and not until March. The mental hang-up doesn't take you five months of full game-playing action in order to get over the mental hang-up that I tore my ACL months ago. doesn't take five months. Again, maybe some people it takes longer. I know from personal experience, it took me about a month, month and a half. You're back out there. You're back flying 100% of the way. All I'm going to say is for everybody to be blindly jumping into this boat that because Kevin Kurtz put out an article, and here's the thing, Anders Lee I'm sure did have, and most people do have, when they come back from an injury, they do have that mental hang-up. Can I go ahead and put everything on this weight? Can I put all the weight on this leg? Can I stride all the way out? There's a lot of mental hang-ups that you're going to have to get through. It doesn't take you five months to get over an ACL mental hang-up. That's not the case. So don't blindly believe that that's, that's the reason why it's like he woke up one afternoon and said, time for me to start playing fantastic hockey. Time for me to put up 35% of my total points on this season and a seven-game stretch. It's not how that works. No, don't, don't blindly believe that narrative. I read it, and I, I said, holy shit. The fact that people believe this means a few things. Maybe they just genuinely don't know. And because they've never had an ACL surgery, they never had knee surgery, and they never played at a high level. That's the only thing I can think it is. And they're just believing what they're being told there because it makes sense, right? I could put two and two together that, oh, Anders Lee was struggling, but now he feels confident. And he says he feels confident, so that means his play is going to increase. It's not that. It's not as simple as that. That's all I'm going to say. And here's the thing. Maybe he has gotten confidence back. It shouldn't take a professional athlete five months to regain confidence in the knee surgery. Sorry. And I, I'm going to go one step further. ACL injuries to hockey players are way less severe and are way easier to come back from than football players. Because every single step that you take, plant, twist, torque, you're testing that knee. I, not, that, that's not the case in hockey. Guys are able to come back a lot faster. I, historically, that said, this is what, this is what actually happened. Andrews Lee woke up one morning. The birds are singing. The sun is out. The Islanders are 10 games below 500. Life is great in the world of Andrews Lee. Hey, I'm on the first line. I play power play minutes. I 
uh, play in the last minute of the couple of games where we have an advantage so I can pad my stats. I go into the locker room and I look at the board and Barry says, hey, you're on the third line now because you've been underperforming the whole year, 50 games, whatever it was. All of a sudden, the light goes off for Anders Lee. He says, you know what? I better start picking it up. Remember the article we talked about a while ago, how from Kevin Kurtz, by the way, saying how Barry likes to send messages to the veterans by benching the young players. And what did I say? That shit don't work. And that dog won't hunt. You want to show the veterans that their job is at risk? You bench them and demote them. As soon as he gets demoted, as soon as Josh Bailey gets demoted, their play has picked up. I, it, it's, it's, worth, it's worth, I guess, doing a reminder here. I'm going to pop Paul's comment up. Paul, and I'm not going to have any of Will. Paul, he played college and did have opportunities there professionally, NFL and CFL. So it did play <laughs> professionally here, Paul. I guess this is our time to hit the reminder button of, yes, I did play college and I had opportunities there and played professionally there with tryouts and opportunities of that nature. So time to hit that reminder button of, Yes, I do know what it takes to play at a serious and top level like that. Because maybe people are new to the show, but it's worth at least sending out that reminder. All I'm saying is when you have knee surgeries like that, it's not like you wake up overnight and you say, well, hold on a second. It's time for me to start playing hockey. Hold on a second. Here's a light switch moment. I'm back to normal. That's not how it works. That's what I'm trying to get across to it. It's not like you flip the switch and say, now I'm going to go on an eight or seven game point streak. And now I'm going to be flying around. Now I'm going to be back checking. Now I'm going to be putting forth effort. Now I'm going to win battles along the boards. Now I'm going to win battles in front of the net. It's not a light switch moment. And that's what I'm trying to get across. That's what I'm trying to depict to you guys. It's not how it works. There is an issue when it comes to mental. I'm not doubting that. It does not take you five months, though, to come back from something like that mentally. Right, if you're saying Alex Smith, never comment on that because something completely different. I've had knee surgeries before, <laughs> more severe than that one. All I'm saying is it does not take you five months, and it's not a light switch moment. So don't pretend like when games down the road, Andersley has six, seven, eight, nine, nine game pointless streak. Right? Did the light switch flip off? Did the confidence go down for him? And now he's he's oh, I don't know if I could test it out anymore. It's that's not how it works. That's what I'm trying to get across. He was dropped. He was dropped in the lineup. That's when his game picked up. He was a lazy dog the whole year, period. End of sentence, end of story. I don't care if you play pro, college. It doesn't matter. If anything, being a pro, you need to step up faster because your livelihood depends on it. Yeah. I'm sorry, and Paul. I, I, can't, I cannot disagree more with Paul. Here's sorry. the thing, Paul. Yeah. Do you, you know, CFL and NFL, that is, Paul, that's professional, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul. Anyway, I, I'm not going to come at him because you don't know me and neither do you know what I've played and, and what, what level I've played at, Paul. But just know I did play college and professionally. So you could just go ahead and put that one to bed and I played there. So that being said, it's not a light switch moment. Doesn't flip on, doesn't flip off. Confidence is something you have to deal with when you come back from a serious knee injury. I'm not doubting that. Doesn't take five months, though, and it's not a light switch. That's I don't even care. Honestly, I don't even care. His production has increased when he was dropped in the lineup that's when he started producing he was dropped in the line first to the third line and then to the second line never to be seen on the first line again maybe well here's the thing we know he wasn't a fit with matt barzell but here's the thing he started hustling 
His spot as number one guy was questioned by Barry Trotz. So he picked it up as every professional and actually anyone who's ever, ever played a sport, period, should be doing. Okay? Finally, it went on for him. Hey, I've been floating around for years as a first-line player. Sorry, you're not. Okay? You get demoted. Now you're hustling. Now you're back-checking. Now you're being aggressive going to the corners of the offensive zone. Good. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Thank you. The same exact story could be used for Josh Bailey. We can use the same exact item. Why does Josh Bailey, 40% of Josh Bailey's point production come over the last eight games? Why has that happened? Did he have a magical knee surgery we didn't know about? Did he have some confidence issues he was working at? Did he was he putting the was he putting his shoes on the wrong foot in the morning and now he remembered how to put them on the right shoe? It's not just applicable to one person. Anders Lee is one of them for certain. Look at Josh Bailey. Look at Kyle Palmieri's point production. Look at all these players' point productions. Once a season's mathematically almost eliminated, we see a huge jump in production. Why is that? Let me ask you. Why has Josh Bailey gone on a tear as of late? Why did Andrews Lee go on a tear as of late? Why did I mean Brock Nelson's played well all season long, but he's really dialed it in lately. Brock Nelson has played well all season long. But why did Josh Bailey? Why are Andrews Lee? Why is Kyle Palmieri? Why are all these people going on a tear when the season's over? Why is that? Ask yourself that question as a fan. Why now, when we're 20 points out of a playoff spot, do I see the players who have struggled to play for the first 50 games of the season? Why do I start to see them playing and busting their ass out there every shift? Why do I see that now? And I didn't see that the first 50 games of the year. Guess what? Since the NHL All-Star game, people say, well, there's been a lot of things that have happened this year, and that's the reason why we've played poorly. Um, and there's a lot of circumstances, but we're going to bounce back and we're going to be fine. What we've seen over the last six games is exactly what we should expect as an indicator and a barometer for success going forward. Well, here's the proof. The proof is in the freaking pudding. In the last 20 games, which is since the NHL All-Star game, we've played 20 games. We've been 10, 7, and 3. 500 club. Simple as that. You want to know what the record is against teams with a playoff caliber or the teams that are in the playoff picture right now? Three, five, and one. I get it that we've been all little, what is it, five wins in the last six games. In the last 20 since the NHL All-Star break, three wins against the teams that are in a playoff spot today. This podcast is taking place March the 19th. Five losses in regulation, one loss in overtime slash shootout. That tells you all I need to know. Losing record against teams in the playoff pitcher, that still exists. And a club that's 500, 10, 7, and 3. 10 wins, 10 losses. We, Simple as that. I, we, I don't know how else to explain it to you guys. This is, we are still struggling. And for those that think that, oh, well, we just flipped the light switch on. Everybody's back going ready. I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. We have played better. And the veterans in particular, who I've been extremely hard on this year, why, and what was I thinking all year? I said, you know what? The game has passed them by. They're all a half step slow because that's how they looked. That's how they played all year. It's disturbing to me to see them perform this well when you're two weeks or three weeks out from the trade deadline. No one wants to leave here because it's like a freaking country club. Let's be honest. You're an Islander. You're an Islander for life. Doesn't matter if you perform or not. You're going to be here. We're not going to trade you without your consent. Lou Lamarillo, why are you giving anybody a no-trade clause? You don't need to. You're a man of your word, right? I'm going to ask them if they want to get traded. Stop treating it like it's stop treating it like everyone deserves to be here. Your job is to make the team better. Sorry. Um, but as opposed to, like I said, Anders Lee, 
for me, it's been bothersome watching us play well the last few weeks when we've been pretty much mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, that's really, really frustrating. And it makes me question all these players going into next year, the ones who have, who have really picked up their play. It's It makes me question them. It really does. And number one is the captain. I, it's not just him, and that, and that's what I'm trying to get across no, too. I, and and for people who are going, oh yeah, you know, it's just X Y Z is example. I, there are so many players that are veterans that have performed poorly this year through the first 50 games of the season, and now all of a sudden, I see energy and effort. If they had played with this energy and effort we've seen over the last six or seven games, I've said it. I don't know how many more times I could say this on the podcast. We'd be in the playoffs picture right now. If we weren't in a playoff spot, we'd be a few games back because this is the energy and effort level. We need to see every single game out of them. I just don't get the, the excuses. Every single time there's any sort of struggle or strife with this team, there's a million of people and there's an ass load of freaking excuses that come out everywhere. And I just don't understand it. Occasionally, you have to take accountability and you have to look within and say, is the team good enough? Why all of a sudden now did it take us 50 games? Why didn't we just magically turn the switch on after the NHL All-Star break? Why couldn't we just do that, right? And we had a chance to reset. We had a chance to completely deviate the first half of the season from the second half of the season. We didn't have any COVID. We didn't have any injuries. Why couldn't we separate after the NHL All-Star game? Why couldn't we go on a tear? We're 10, 7, and 3 after that time period. Average. Average. Against teams in the playoff pitcher, 3, 5, and 1 over that time period. I mean, is that is that an indicator that we're going to continue to play the same way we have over the last six games? I don't know. It is scary, though, where I see there's like it was a light flip moment with the effort on the ice. That's what's that's what's upsetting. The team has been putting forth maximum effort on the ice, and that's the that's the shit that we love as fans. We haven't seen that this year consistently, though, and that's the thing that's so freaking bothersome. To me, the two guys who've stood out with increased effort, or Bailey and Lee. And it's like that. With their demotions in the lineup, all of a sudden, their game picked up. Maybe Barry said to him, you guys aren't doing it. I know I've been trying to bench Wallstrom and Bellows and Dobson and all these guys to send you a message, but now I guess you didn't get that message, according to Kevin Kurtz. So now I have to deal more directly, like I should have done in the beginning, and just said, you know what? You guys have sucked. Step it up or you sit. That's how you make athletes perform. You put their ice time under scrutiny. Sorry, you're not doing it. I'm not sending you out on a power play. I'm not sending you out in the last minute. I'm going to pull you off. I need better players out there all the time. That's the way I think, and that's what happened. They got dropped, and all of a sudden, their level of play picked up. And good. That's what it should have been. The fact that he had to resort to that for guys who are in their 30s is ridiculous. I don't know. And, and and that's that's I mean that's an issue that I've had. I've seen everybody on social media so easy and willing to accept that. Oh, with the Andersley, that's the reason why. No, it's not how it works. And I, when I ask him, like, how about Kyle Palmieri? Kyle Palmieri at least has put forth effort all season. All year, I've seen the effort of him. Right, the point production. Right, you could just say, oh, maybe it was an aberration. The first fifty games that he was way off with how many points he was supposed to score. Okay, I'll give that one to you. I'm willing to see what you're trying to propagate. Can anybody explain to me why now all of a sudden last six games, Josh Bailey, was he have 77 some odd points? He's got 30 points on the year. Why all of a sudden was he able to flip the light switch on? What happened there? Can anybody explain that? 
I think it's over now. All of a sudden, Josh Bailey's over there putting three goals in, doubling his goal total over a two game span. Can anybody explain that? He doesn't want to get traded from here. He was, does not want to run the risk of not being on the island where he's comfortable with his happy life with his family. That's what it is. They don't want to risk getting traded. They love so, it here. Zach so Reese wants to come back. I want to multi. I love it here. Don't want to leave here. You know, and then he says, you know, last year I was a healthy scratch. Not here. I play all the time. I say it once again. Nobody in their mid-30s wants to leave the Islanders. They all want to stay here because this is the only team in the league where they're going to get consistent ice time. So that's that's how I wanted to start off the show. Again, I don't always want to be – I'm not bombastic, but to see that article and to see that just so easily being accepted as a narrative is BS, and nobody can answer the question as to why has Josh Bailey magically started to play better? Why is Josh Bailey scoring goals? in handfuls now why do i see the effort level increasing across the board from the islanders in the last six seven games that's that's concerning once the season's over now all of a sudden how many times did we hear in post-game pressers that it's must win now mode we're putting ourselves in playoff mode right now because we're so far behind we've got to make up a lot of ground and I wouldn't see any discernible play on the ice that differentiates from what they said before the game to now and now it's like a collective unit. Something has happened where, whether it's Barry Trotz or whether it's Lou Lamarillo, I don't know what it is. I couldn't tell you. But now all of a sudden I see a complete light flip moment switch. That is concerning. It really is. And for those fans who, I, I think it's easy. It's easy for us as fans to say, yeah, let's go to bed and say, I've liked what I've seen over the last six or seven games. If we just continue to play that way, we'll be fine. Why didn't we play that way the first 50 games? Why didn't we play that way since the end of the All-Star break? Do we think now rolling out the same exact lineup next year is going to bring us different results? Because now we're back onto that train again. We're going to migrate a little bit away from here, Grumpy, the, the recent performance, which has been good. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get it confused. I'm happy with the performance the Anders have put forward as of recent. I'm unhappy with the lack of consistency, and I'm unhappy as to why now all of a sudden we're able to flip the freaking switch and do that. That's what makes me aggravated. It does. It should make you aggravated too. I, my God, this is a this is a team that we all love. This is a team that we all dedicate hours every single day towards watching. <laughs> you should be able to get a little angry if you notice that. Holy shit, the effort level has increased across the board. Why is that? Yeah, you should have the right to be a little angry with that. Simple as it. Simple as I could put it. But I want to talk a little bit about this year's NHL trade deadline. Players are getting moved. And uh, some players are getting quite a large return. And uh, based off of everything I'm seeing, I'm seeing here from the Islanders media, it looks like the Islanders are not going to trade any pieces away. They don't need to acquire any draft capital. I, I read today that, uh, yeah, just like you had mentioned, Zach Parise would love to be here with the Islanders long term. He'd love to sign back. He's part of the solution. Zach Parise has played well. Here is my question, Islander fans. Do you think Zach Parise is going to take another league minimum deal to stay with the Islanders? Right? I'm sorry. At the age of 38 years old, we can't afford to give you $2 million, two and a half. I, I don't know what he's going to ask for, but are you willing to take league vet minimum? If not, it's a totally different story. You Go can't back to Minnesota. Minnesota. Go back to Minnesota and ride the bench and be a healthy scratch. That's a, that's a serious question. 
Zach Parise has played well this year. No doubt about it. Zach Parise has done a great job. Do you think Zach Parise is willing to take another league vet minimum deal? If he's played so well and they're going to be people who want to sign him because they've liked what they've seen with him on the Islanders, right? If we as fans like what we see from him, other teams are going to like what they see from him also. And you're going to have more suitors for Zach Parise this year than he did last year. He had no no options at the end of last year. That's why I signed the vet minimum deal. Okay, but that's what I'm saying here. More suitors mean that he's going to get offered more money. Do you think Zach, Zach Parise is opening up a charitable trust? Do you think he doesn't care what he's going to get paid? He's going to want to try to maximize what he's going to get paid. And maybe he does take a little bit of a hometown discount because he loves Lou Lamarillo, loves Barry Trotz, loves the island, et cetera. Do I think he's going to take a league vet minimum deal? I don't know. Probably not. And that's the thing, right? If you're thinking, oh, we've got to bring him back. Yeah, I'm not so sure I want Zach Parise back if he wants two plus million or more. Do you? Do you, let's say he drives a hard bargain and says, I've played well. Look at my point production. I play on the power play. I play on the penalty kill. I'm so versatile for you guys. I see Casey gets paid two and a half million dollars a year. I do, I do things very comparable to Casey does, except I bring a little bit more to the offensive side of the puck. Give me a two year contract for two and a half million per. What are the odds going to say? Yeah, go ahead. We love it. What do you as a fan say? Fantastic. Here's another, here's another age veteran that we're going to keep on our team long term. I, it, it, and he's, he's gonna, not he's played get, poorly this year, but the thing gonna, that makes him very appealing is his deal is so cheap. He's going to get a no trade clause to boot. You watch, you watch. He'll get a no trade clause to boot or a no move clause. Even better. It's it's so ridiculous. All right, you caught lightning in a bottle like you did with Philpola. Okay, that's what happened. He's thirty-seven, going to be thirty-eight. And I'm on record as being against that signing at the beginning of the year. I didn't think he was going to make a difference. At the end of the day, he didn't make a difference because we are not making the playoffs. But he certainly outperformed that contract, without a doubt. Why not move him at the deadline, get something, and then if you really want him back, he's unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You just sign him. Then you get your cake and eat it too. That's right. And here's the thing. I can argue to say if you want to pay him more money right that's okay if if it works a sense that you're going to be getting some sort of draft capital back in return to sit on your hands and not move them right i can argue and say i'm willing to overpay a guy by maybe a million dollars or half a million dollars if i'm going to get a second or a third round pick back in return and a very deep draft right i could say all righty maybe we overpaid him i'm not a big fan of that but at least we got a second or a third round pick for zach parise I don't get the ideology of that. We've got to sign him back because he's unwilling, right? If he wants to be here so badly, let him have a chance to win a cup. We're not going to make the playoffs this year, Zach. We want you to be here. We think you're part of the answer here going forward. Whatever you've got to tell him. And then we want to sign you back in the offseason. Happens all the time. Look at Adroyce Chapman. Remember when he got traded originally? Was it Chapman who got traded then re-signed back with the Yankees? Yeah, traded to the Cubs. Traded to the Cubs, won himself a World Series, and signed right back with the Yankees. If he wants to be here, he'll sign back. And if he doesn't, then he didn't really want to be here. You listen to Andy Green say, yeah, no, I don't want to move. So you don't want to be moved to a contender with a chance to win a Stanley Cup? Like I said, that's I just feel like that's the majority of this team. They don't really care if they – I'm not saying they don't they don't want to win, but it's like our comfort in our advancing age is more important than winning a Stanley Cup moving somewhere and winning a Stanley Cup. And I can understand that, but 
from a general manager aspect, don't you have to question those players? I just find it interesting that when nothing was on the line, when there was no pressure on them, they start performing. That's disturbing to me. No pressure. All of a sudden, hey, we're not going to make it. Let's have some fun out there. Let's win. I don't know. It just drives me crazy. And Zach Parise, like I said, has earned every penny that he's made this year. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what bonuses were also added into his deal. Probably, probably about 750k or a million. I don't know what it is. But here's the thing, right? If you're with the bonuses, let's say you're giving him 1.5, you know, 1.75 million. He's gonna, if he's played well, which he has, and he's gonna have more suitors. What's to say he doesn't want more money? Players, again, what they, there's always a mixture of a few different things. They want to be able to play on a team they like. They want to be able to play in an area they like. They want to be able to make money. That's a big part of that, too. So he's not going to go ahead and take a discount deal, I don't think, to stay with us and say, yeah, give me a paid deduction. I played better than what I did last year in Minnesota, so I want less money. You've seen what I could do firsthand, and now I have more suitors out there. Pay me less money. That's not how that works. I know inflation was 7.5% last year. Pay me, not only pay me less money, but my money will be less valuable. That's not how that works, lazy. That's just how it works, guys. So that's that's one of those things, right? When we're thinking about we need to sign back Zach Parise, uh, hopefully our general manager has had to talk with him and his agent to know what their asking price is. I, fingers crossed that's already happened. It sounds like they're not moving Parise. It sounds like they also may not be moving Cal Clutterbuck. I, so let me it tell you sounds something. like we're not going to move Cal Clutterbuck. We're not going to move Parise. You've already heard he asked if you know Chara and Green want to be moved, and if they don't want to be moved, they're not going to move them per per Lou Lamarillo. I right? mean, he's such a trustworthy guy. He loves you know he wants to make sure he honors those items for for those vets. And if we're not moving them. I don't think we're moving Mayfield or Varlamov. We're going to be saying let's roll the same freaking band team out here again next year and hope for different results. Boy, TJ's really pissed today. I don't think I said five words the whole show. Um, that said, it's an admirable trait that Lou Lamarillo has without a doubt being loyal is admirable, but as a general manager, as a team, you're responsible to the whole organization, not just Zdeno Chara or Andy Green or Zach Parise, the whole organization goes through you. Your job is to make sure that you put the team in the best position to win. And if moving these guys for extra draft assets is beneficial to the team, a team that's out of the players by 20 points. You have to do that for the overall wealth and good of the team going forward. Let me let me ask you a question. And Islander fans, uh, listeners of the show, well, you can play this one at home too. What has Lou's loyalty gotten us and returned to unrestricted free agents, right? That should be a huge appeal. If Lou Lamarillo is a guy who's, you know, so loyal that he's going to ask you if you want to be moved at the trade deadline, if you really want to do that, that should be a little extra, you know, a little extra motivating factor possibly to move you to Long Island. You've got the brand spanking new UBS arena, best state-of-the-art facilities in the entire NHL community. That's a big one up there too. In New York, how could you not love that, right? Big market. What has he, what has that loyalty gotten us in return as the name of a big unrestricted free agent? What has it gotten us so far? Nothing. Sedano Chara, Valtteri Filpola, Zach Parise, Derek Broussard. Are those are those the guys that we could put a feather on our cap with and say, hey, they really helped move the needle? They really helped us win a cup? 
Matt oh, Komarov, Leo, Leo Komarov. Well, Matt Martin was a trade, but Leo Komarov, he was another free agent signing. What what has Lou's loyalty earned us in regard to, right? If he's so loyal, and that's one of the huge factors why players love the hell out of him, why are the players, the talented players that are unrestricted free agents, when we offer them money, why do they not sign with us? Can anybody, can anybody put the two to two together for me? That's why I don't understand. Like when I'm looking at these thought processes that people are throwing out here, yeah, I am pissed because I see all this shit thrown out on the internet. And I think to myself, has anybody actually thought through this? And I, I'm just confused. I really am. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me because if the loyalty was such a huge, big factor for him, and we could say, we don't need to trade away. A f- we don't need to trade big Z or Andy green for a fifth round pick. Well, fifth round picks don't turn out all that often. Yeah. Krill Kaprizov is really just oh, okay. ah, he's average a guy. He's an average player out there on the ice. You need draft picks. You need shots. You need shots and rolls of the dice. Cause occasionally one of those fifth and sixth round picks pan out. I eat your Anders Lee. I eat your Jared Spurgeon. I eat your Krill Kaprizov. It just happens. Oh, my God. Will you shut up, please, at some point in time today? Okay, here's the thing. You don't have to make the pick in the fifth round. You could package a couple of those picks to move up. You see a talent you want in the third round. Okay, we'll move a fourth and two-fifths to get an extra third-round pick. You don't have to pick everybody in the fifth round. It's about maneuvering the draft board. Everyone knows that. I mean, so – but for me, it's just it's just frustrating. I mean, like I said, it's an admirable quality that he has as a human being. And I never questioned Lou Lamarillo as a human being, ever. Okay? But you're responsible to the overall organization. And I know you don't want to trade Char without his say-so. I'm sorry. Why, then why, if everyone can trust everything you say, why are you giving anybody no trade clause contracts? Why? Because they all want to stay here. No one wants to leave. You want to know why? Because you're not held accountable for anything. You never have to win, and you get paid a shitload of money. That's why no one wants to leave here. We haven't won anything in freaking almost 40 years. 40 years. And here's the thing. Putting up a banner for Eastern Conference loser two years in a row isn't good enough for me. Shouldn't be good enough for you either. I don't disagree. I don't that said, disagree. That said, Ilya Sorokin is tremendous. He is. He's tremendous. He won us the game against the Rangers. I knew we were going to beat the Rangers. All those naysayers who didn't think he was a top 10 goalie. I just, I'm just waiting. I, I mean, the guy's fantastic, right? I, yeah. Think about this. He's doing this with Daniel Char and Andy Green as two as a defenseman out there on the ice. He's sensational. He's sensational, he was, right? Unbelievable. And here's the thing people forget he and Sisterkin have this little rivalry thing. They do. He plays his best against the Rangers. I knew. I, I told you, TJ, there was no way we were losing to the Rangers. First of all, I don't think the Rangers are that good. That said, man, they really impressed me offensively. Sorokin was sensational in net, just sensational in net. He won us the game. And Sesterkin wasn't half bad, but, I mean, to me, Sorokin was just way better, way better and good. I knew we were going to beat the Rangers. Even when we we're crappy, we always play the Rangers tough, always. I mean, you think about just you think about Sorokin as well. Now he's notched his way back up to tied for fourth in save percentage, right? It's crazy how much of oh he let in one weak goal here, he let in one weak goal there. The guy single handedly kept us in that Rangers game, single handedly. He's spectacular. He's phenomenal. When we talk, and this is why, and I hate to talk big picture around the NHL trade deadline, but the reason I do that is because I see pieces like your Sorokins. 
I see pieces like your Barzals. I see pieces like your Noah Dobsons. I see these huge core pieces upcoming, and I think to myself, how can we help better augment their talent to make us a more successful franchise? Saying, let's roll the same team out there next year. Let's not try to get some additional draft capital that we can either do anything with, right? We could trade draft capital for a guy who may be on the fritz or maybe he has a bad, he's fallen out with a team and now he needs, he's looking for a new home. There are options you have. You can't trade any more draft capital. You if you trade, if you acquire draft capital, you can move draft capital for a guy that is young, that has talent and ability, that may need to change the scenery. What's to say, Grump? This uh, you you look at Anthony Bavillier, right? People keep saying, "Oh yeah, we need to trade Anthony Bavillier." Right? Maybe he needs to change the scenery. Yeah, maybe Anthony Bavillier does need to change the scenery. Maybe he needs a team that plays a little bit of a different style. Who's to say we can't give it and package up Anthony Bavillier and maybe get a one-up of a guy who's fallen out of bad graces with the team who's a younger player? I'm just saying, right, you might have to give up some draft capital to do that, but you're still keeping another young player on your roster. It, the mindset, though, of let's let's move Anthony Bavillier, one of the only young forwards on the team, as opposed to all the other aged junk that we have just littering this roster, is just, to me, it, it makes my head want to explode. He's not been great this year. He's played well recently because he's a good fit. He's a good fit anytime he's with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee. Why? The same reason he was a good fit for Eberle and Barzell, because he's a guy who really hustles and he makes plays. His feed today for Brock Nelson's second goal was tremendous. Just tremendous. Yes, Nelson, that's a good shot, but it's all because of the pass from Bavillier and the setup. That saucer pass from behind the net through the crease over to Nelson was phenomenal. I'm sorry. And when he's hot, that line takes off. When he's not playing well, that line sucks. I've said it a hundred times before. Brock Nelson, wanna... Brock Nelson doesn't drive a line. Anders Lee doesn't drive a line. Josh Bailey doesn't drive a Josh Bailey doesn't drive a line. Anthony Bavillier has the ability to do that. He's just not consistent doing it. You want to know who our leading scorer is since the All-Star break? Brock Nelson, right? No, no adoption. Not Brock Nelson. As hot as Nelson and Lee have been, it's no adoption. I don't doubt it. He's he's top five in the NHL for defensemen and goal scoring since the NHL All-Star break. I knew that too. Uh, no adoption has played fantastic. He's really taken a step forward in his game. And people say, oh, wow, our power play's really taken a huge step forward. Big leap forward. It's all no adoption. All no adoption. Every bit of it. That's right. He's been now... I think Trotz has just said, okay, play your game, where he wouldn't do that before. The kid was playing scared for the longest time. I want to, and thanks, Alexander, for sending this to me. I want to show you this fantastic save that Sorokin had, and it'll get us whatever demonetized, don't mind. Um, but look at this. I, I, I'm telling you, look at this play by Sorokin. And this is what I mean, right? The guy makes saves that people can only, certain goalies can only dream of. And even then, they kind of wake up and like, holy shit, did I do that? Uh, so I want you to watch this save. I, I mean, Soroka. I sent, I sent you a clip on that so you don't have to demonetize the. That's uh, it does because it's Sportsnet Grump. It always picks up the, who the owners of the actual video is. So okay, it was just that on Twitter. Okay. That's how this is on Twitter too, man. But the save, yep. the save was watch this. He had his <laughs> stick was down as he's diving out. The shot's coming. He lifts the stick back up. It's not like he was lucky just throwing his stick out there. He made a conscious effort to adjust the stick back up 
to make that save. It was incredible. Unconscious. There you Unconscious. go. They're my two and heroes. Had, There's yeah, two heroes right. of the Republic right there. <laughs> Clumsy bastards. Look at them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, hold on. That's, that's always a funny little bad news bears-ish type item. But look at this. Look at how quick he's able to sprawl and get himself in position in order to put a stick on it to at least block the puck. Again, but, right? That's just, it's fantastic. But the alter the alteration of where the stick was, to lift it up as you're diving. You know how hard that is? To lift it up, to actually see where the puck is coming and lift it up. Lift the stick up to make the save. If he just holds the stick in there, it's a goal. He makes the adjustment as he's diving and spinning. Tremendous. Spectacular. I tell you, it really is, Grump. And, and like, I'll, I'll put it here on slow-mo one more time. But, but have, That's the one we should keep. Those two clowns tumbling over one another. Just unbelievable. Oh, throws it up. He makes a spectacular save. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about the team going forward. We understand that. There are. The reason we get frustrated, the reason we get, or at least I am too, is because I see a mismanagement of assets. That's exactly what this is, a criminal mismanagement of assets. It's the same exact way and the same exact feeling I had when they got nothing in return for Devon Taves, and I mean absolutely nothing. It was a criminal mismanagement of assets. I'm starting to see the same exact item here now to say, well, the same team out there, and it's going to be fantastic. What we've seen over the last six games, we can expect going forward. I, it's just such a lazy, it's a lazy and mentally obtuse way of thinking about this. It really is. Drastically think. I want you to put the thinking caps on. Why have we struggled since the NHL? And Mark K, I appreciate you sharing this with me. He, maybe he put it together, Grump. Mark, uh, oh, I got eggs out of this. Mark went ahead and mentioned that the reason we may be struggling still or the reason why we played well as of recent is because we played well against a team that are not in the playoff picture. Yeah. And again, he's saying here, um, I think no. you're answering your own question. Hold on, Grump. I think you're answering your own question. They've been beating non-playoff caliber teams. That's why the performances seem so much better. And he says, I'm also afraid that Kyle Palmieri is used to playing on losing teams. Yes. The Devils for years and years. And now there's less pressure and he's converting his chances. Josh Bailey's just been wildly inconsistent. He's on a good run. He'll be back to the typical Josh Bailey soon enough. He's already back. He's already back to his usual Josh Bailey-ness. 100% agree. Um, but here's the thing, right? I actually forget it. I forgot my point. Just move on. You forgot your point. Yes. When I when I chirp in eventually, every periodically on your diatribe today, you're angry, man. I don't even need to be on here, to be honest with you. You're just going on and on and on. on. I'm angry, and I apologize, Grump. I'm angry, and I hope you guys understand the reason for the anger. You guys should be angry, too. You notice that every single ticking hour gets minute by minute closer to us doing absolutely nothing at this year's trade deadline. If we do nothing at this year's deadline, there should be people out there with pitchforks. Yes, Grump. Okay, I remembered now. Here's the thing, though. Our play regardless of the fact that we're only beating the losing teams, our play has improved. Remember the thing that was driving me crazy even when we were winning games earlier this year? We were playing poorly. and we I thought we were just getting lucky to win games. We were playing very poorly. Now, even though we're not beating the winning team, the playoff teams, our play overall as a unit has drastically improved. And I think that's a step in the right direction for the rest of the year. I'll be interested to see how we look in April, though. Okay. That weird thing you stop. Or right after, or right after this deadline. Well, yeah, it's 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 literally right after the NHL trade deadline. 
because, well, it's a little after that. We play the Flyers, another miserable team. So we'll probably beat the Flyers tomorrow. Well, hey, we've got six wins in seven games. We're fantastic. We've played all the teams that are bottom 10 in the NHL, and we happen to nab a few good wins, right? We nabbed a good one against the Rangers. Um, we nabbed one. Dallas Stars are not bottom 10 in the NHL, but another team not in the playoffs right now. We play the Flyers. We play the Ottawa Senators and the Devils, all teams that are not in the playoffs at this moment. Then the schedule starts to get a little tougher. You got Boston, you got the Lightning, Columbus twice, the Rangers, the Devils, the Dallas Stars, then the Carolina Hurricanes, the Blues, the Penguins twice, Montreal, the Maple Leafs. You got a lot of tough teams. Florida. I mean, just think about what players have been traded for at this year's NHL trade deadline. And this is why I'm so adamant that we have to take action and we have to acquire draft capital. Did you happen to see what Hampus Lindholm went for today? Incredible incredible amount that he went for i don't understand why scott mayfield's still part of the team after seeing that deal i just don't it makes no sense to me he must be moved before monday it's not going to happen they won't do it but that's a move you have as a responsible general manager has to move scott mayfield at the deadline has to. hampus lindholm who's on an expiring deal as a defenseman i'll give you this too Scott Mayfield is a better defensive defenseman than Hampus Lindholm. Nobody's arguing that. Hampus Lindholm, probably a little bit more talented offensively. I'm not going to argue that one either. Again, Scott Mayfield, I would say, better defensive defenseman, and he's a better playoff caliber defenseman than Hampus Lindholm is. That also being said, Scott Mayfield has another year on his contract at $1.45 million for per. Hampus Lindholm today was traded for Boston's first-round pick in 2022, their second-round pick in the very deep draft of 2023, a second-round pick in 2024. Oh, Euro... Vakanainen and John Moore. Who John Moore for them. Them. Exactly. They both play for... They actually are in the lineup for Boston, a playoff team, and the Ducks keep 50% of the salary. Look at how much... Look at We can absorb 50% of his salary easily. Easily. I, you have to look at what they're getting for Lindholm, who I think is okay. I don't think he's the greatest thing ever. And you have you, you have to say, my gosh, we're sitting on a goal line with Scott Mayfield in a losing, a losing season, 20 points out of a playoff spot. Why are we keeping him for a guy that we're never going to be able to resign? Why don't you move him now? He doesn't make anything. He makes any contender better in the playoffs and it's a two-year thing it's not like it's a one-year thing he's, he makes you good this year and next year he's a better player in the playoffs than even in the regular season and he's been good this regular season of all the defensemen they've had he was elevated to first pairing when Pulak was out and more than held his own I mean how do you not make that deal you know there has to be somebody out there who's willing to make a deal for him you know it Vakaninen plays for them, 23 years old, young defenseman, the ex-first round pick, top 20 pick, if I recall correctly, a first two seconds for a defenseman on an expiring deal. On an expiring deal. Do you remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you called me crazy, when I said Scott Mayfield, I wouldn't even entertain a conversation on Scott Mayfield if you were not offering at least two first round picks? This is the reason why. At the NHL trade deadline, it's a time period where the wacky season occurs and teams always overpay for defensemen, forwards, and goalies. They overpay for every single position player out there. 
Ampis Lindholm, a first, two seconds, a defenseman there, and Vekanainen, who plays in the NHL currently, and John Moore, a guy who could spot you a few starts here. But, I mean, again, his, his, his fun in the sun as a legitimate NHLer is pretty much over. To a first, two seconds, and a young defenseman that plays in the NHL currently for a guy on an expiring deal. A first, two seconds, and an NHL-ready young guy. John Moore can still play. He's bounced between the Providence Bruins and the in the Boston. He's only played five, seven games this year, Grump. Okay, but he's a depth guy. He'd be a seventh defenseman here. As I said, he's played he's played a total of twelve games in the NHL in the last two years. He's not a guy that you want to rely upon game in and game out. But Vakanainen is a guy you could say, all right, he's young. We like what we see in him. He's playing up there for the Boston Bruins currently, albeit a lot of injuries help put him into that position. But right, a first two seconds, a first and two seconds for a guy on an expiring deal. And then hold on, a first two seconds and an NHL ready defenseman for an expiring deal is right. What would Scott Mayfield actually get you this year? Oh, and he, I, I just, for me, it's like a freaking no brainer. I just don't see how you put more stock in the last six or seven games as opposed to the first 55. That's what I don't know. 50, whatever, 50, whatever, almost 55 games. How do you not? How do you not look at the whole the season as a whole and say, mm, you know what, we're closer to the team? And even over those games, when st- when the, the veterans started getting hot, we're only five hundred. Okay, what were you about to say? Because you you've made about two or three statements and then stopped. I don't know. You, you know, here's the thing: I've only talked, I think, two or three times in the whole show. So I have a lot of thoughts, but I don't get any time to talk. So anytime I do, I'm just trying to throw everything out there because I don't know. It's probably another forty five minutes before I could say anything else. Jesus, man. Do you ever breathe when you speak sometimes? I don't have time to breathe with the way you're going today. I don't have time. Because Uh, I talk and then you stop right over the top of me. You're crazy. If I did that to you, I'd hear it at the end of the show. I'm telling you right now. Oh, you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous, grumpy. Um, And so, big return. Big, big return. Claude Giroux, shockingly enough, didn't get a very big return. They get a big return this year at the trade deadline. They got a, you know, they want to get in a first round pick in 2020. Am I right? In 2024, Grump? Uh, something like I sent it to you, whatever it was. I can read it back to you. Let's see. I'll just do it. I'll pull it up, Grump. I was hoping you'd know the trade as I was pulling it up as a visual aid. Oh. But, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Owen Tippett and a first round pick in 2024. Uh, actually, there was a little bit more than that. Uh, the whole thing came out. Fifth, they gave up a fifth, the prospect. No grump. Claude Giroux and a 2024 fifth, Connor Bunneman and German Ruprezov for a 2024 first, 2023 third, and Owen Tippett, who's actually a pretty good winger for Florida. He's young too, right? He was a guy yeah. I think was a top 10 pick a few years ago. And, you know, he, there's not enough minutes to go around in Florida. So maybe they think he's ready to make a next step. And Owen Tippett will be able to step in and be, a, you know, a good winger and a solid winger. That being said, right? You had a first rounder in there too. I didn't think that Drew got what he should have or deserved to. Actually, they had better offers from Colorado and Boston, but he didn't want to go there. He wanted to go to Florida. Hmm. So. That's another one where the player kind of dictated where he went. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of that around sports recently, which I'm sure we'll talk about tomorrow on the TJ and Grumpy Old Man Show. Yes. Yes, you will, Grump. So, uh, you know, we're in a situation where I think you have to. I'm talking about have to acquire draft capital. I'm not saying you blow the team up. Far from it. I'm saying if they're offering you an NHL-ready defenseman 
a first and two seconds for a guy on an expiring deal, what can you realistically expect back in return for, for Scott Mayfield? Seriously. I th- what's to say an NHL-ready defenseman in a first plus? I, seriously, that's that's what I think his value would be around. I know there are teams willing to give that up. We just saw what the market has been set with with that trade. And I think it's foolish if we sit on our hands and say, nope, he's too valuable to us. We can't move him. He's another guy we can't afford to move. Well, uh, honestly, all we're doing is prolonging the inevitable, which is the rebuild of the team. It's all you're doing. And if fans are happy, hey, maybe next year we scrape into the eighth place in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe to get blown out in the first round. Maybe they look at that as success. I don't. I'd rather start the rebuild or the retool or whatever now and build around the solid young core that we have and move off some of these other guys who have really good value. That's what I would do. That's how you speed up those rebuilds. That's what they did in Detroit. <sighs> okay, Detroit and us are way different. We have pieces. Yeah. Legit, they're none of that. Better than we are. They're in better shape than we are. Uh, Going their forward, future, the future might be brighter. Right. We're in better shape than Detroit ever was at that time period when they started the rebuild. So it's two True. very different situations, Grum. But it's the same thing they went through when their team wasn't making the playoffs anymore where they, you know, they qualified 32 years in a row for the playoffs and they would just keep on throwing draft picks and stuff, trying to stay in the playoff hunt every year when their team wasn't that good anymore. All they did was delay the inevitable. And then they, then when that happened, they totally bottomed out. That's what happened. And now they're just coming their way back up. That's what happens when you hold on to the vets too long. Eventually you bottom out because you have nobody in your minor league system. Well, needless to say, it looks like right now the Islanders are going to sit on their hands and do nothing this year at the NHL trade deadline. Barry Trotz talked about how valuable Kyle Clutterbuck was, how he didn't like him too much originally when he wasn't. Another one of those players he didn't really like too much when he was coaching against him. But once he started to coach Kyle Clutterbuck, um, he knows how important and how valuable he was and is. Makes you think, doesn't it, Grump? He's a fourth liner. He's a fourth-line player. They're a dime a dozen. He's a fourth-liner. Does this comment here, again, saying, told Cloud Clutterbuck, I don't like you at all. I didn't like him at all. Now he says he likes Cal Clutterbuck very much. When I see stuff like this being released, it means either one or two things. That, that James Nichols is grasping at straws when it comes to this, which I don't believe is the case. I believe it is more to do with Barry doesn't want to have Cal Clutterbuck leave. Barry Trotz wants Cal Clutterbuck back. Barry Trotz wants to re-sign. If it was his will, he would re-sign Cal Clutterbuck back next year or this offseason. And if the general manager and the head coach work hand-in-hand, we might see Cal Clutterbuck for a few more years too. What's to say we don't sign Cal Clutterbuck to a two-year extension? Extend him out for the rest of Matt Martin's tenure here, right? Well, instead of having the best fourth line in hockey, we'll have the oldest fourth line in hockey. And what's the big deal? He said the same thing about Josh Bailey. Not that he didn't like him at all, but he didn't think he was that good. No one around Lee thinks he's very good, but boy, that Josh, he's smart. You know, he's real. No, he's not. Everyone around the league thinks that because you know what? He's not all that. And here's the thing. You have to say nice things about him because he plays on your team. I understand that. My concern is what happens with Matt Barzell? If this team... Continues a steady decline because we continue to just 
re-sign old veterans back as opposed to trying to get better in the long run, what does it say to Matt Barzell? Because the the time the, the bottom out time is coming. I'd argue we're almost there. I'd argue we're very freaking close already. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. And I'll pop this one up here. Chris Botta, grumpy old man, says Zach Parise, 38 years old in July, is a solid third line forward with eight goals. He is solid. Played really well this year. 19 points on the season. We're 19 points out of a playoff spot. I think it's more now. Yet most seem happy about the rumors he'll be back. It's odd to me. It's not the direction this team should be heading in. We shouldn't be excited about re-signing back a third-line left winger. Does that tilt the needle? We've had Zach Parise all year this year. Is he a guy where you say he's indispensable if we lost him? We would drop from, let's say, if we're going to have 85 points on a year, we're going to drop to 65 points. If we lose our third-line left winger, our rock Zach Parise? No. He's not a guy who's indispensable on this team. No, he's not. But you told me at the beginning of the season, this could help put us over the top. He was what we needed. This guy, oh, the third liner. Hold on, hold on. You're mixing me and Phil's facts up. I said 10 to 15 goals this no, year. I didn't say the amount of goals. Which he's, hold on, 10 to 15 goals this year, which I think he's right on pace with. And the other thing is, too, I think he does add a scoring touch to the third line. I think he is important. But what is he going to want this offseason? And it's not crucial that we have him back. That's the issue, right? I see a guy like Kiefer Bellows. Okay, we're telling you, Kiefer, hey, no chance here. Go somewhere else. Hey, Kiefer, we have no shot here. I mean, like, what does that tell Kiefer Bellows? And Kiefer Bellows is not as well. He's not as well overall of a player. He's not as a well-rounded overall player as Zach Parise. There's no doubt about that. But how do you work on your game and improve your craft if you don't get any time in game situations? You go somewhere else. If I was him, I know I think he's a restricted free agent. I just, I just think that they crush the young players. And just period. They just crush them like Hosang, and now they're doing the Bellows. They're going to do with Bodie Wild. You can just see it. They just don't like them, and instead of moving them, it's like they punish them by keeping them in the minors. Why is Kiefer Bellows not playing right now? Can you explain to me any reason why with the lost season, he's not playing every single game? Why is Zach Parise even playing? He's 37, unrestricted free agent. Why? Uh, we know what he can do. We need to find out what uh, Kiefer Bellows can do over the long haul. I it's just the same I, thing. I'm baffled. It's, it's like the same thing where people are excited. Oh, Oliver Walsh from getting more five on five time and a lot of five on five minutes. Phil Fax was telling me about this. Look at all the five on five minutes that Oliver Wallstrom's getting. Said Oliver Wallstrom's still playing 12 minutes a night. He's not playing on the power play. I, how, do, how does that make sense? Right. I feel like we're trying, we're so desperately as fans trying to find little tidbits and little nuggets where we can just zoom in and say, well, that makes me excited. That makes me excited. No, let's come out and actually freaking think about what 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 the grand picture is. There are small tidbits to be excited about. Overall, there's a lot to be not excited about, and it's not being talked about because maybe people don't like talking about the negative items. I really don't know. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They don't watch every game like we do. They don't talk about it twice a week or more than that when they're playing games. And, you know, that's why it's frustrating to us. We actually, I look with my eyes anyway. I don't, I could, I, I don't even care what the newspapers say. I know what I see. They can't sell some line of shit to me, honestly. It's impossible. I watch the games. I watch the lack of talent, the lack of hustle that I've seen all year. I see when Anders Lee is just invisible all year. 
until he gets dropped in the lineup. Now he's going to pick up his play. It has nothing to do with a knee injury. It's the fact that he's a lazy dog, period. That's the problem with him. Josh Bailey, same thing. And you say Brock Nelson's been consistent all year? He hasn't. He's been up and down. Right now he's hot. Right now he's really hot. That's what he's been his whole career. It's not like this is news. That's These players are who they are. As soon as we're out of a playoff hunt, all of a sudden the veterans on the team start playing better. That tells me I can't win with these guys in the big picture. When it, when the chips are down, they're going to choke. I think um, I don't think you're wrong about those points. And I wanted to bring one more time up about Oliver Wallstrom, right? Oliver Wallstrom, how does he need to get better? He needs to have more time on the ice. He needs to play more. Simple as that. Ah, let's just take a look, Grumpy, the last few games. Let's just take a look at the March, month of March, 11 minutes on the ice, 9 minutes and 37 seconds on the ice, 8 minutes and 52 seconds on the ice, 9 minutes and 46 seconds on the ice, 9 minutes and 24 seconds on the ice, 7 minutes and 35 seconds on the ice. But hold on. Here's a major increase in his ice time, guys, and this is why we should be excited. 12 minutes and 10 seconds on the ice, 12 minutes and 56 seconds on the ice, 10 minutes and 55 seconds on the ice. Yeah. Congratulations. He's consistently broke double digits in minutes on ice in the last three games. That's why we should be excited that he's playing now less than third line minutes still. See, like that's. Uh, he's playing on the first line. He's playing on the first line. 10 minutes a night. 10, I'm sorry. I rounded up 11 minutes today. 11 minutes for the, against the Dallas Stars, 12 minutes and 56 seconds against the Rangers, and 12 minutes and 10 seconds against the Washington Capitals. His development is coming along just like we planned. That's what Barry says. Oh, no, he's improving. I, I, uh, do you not see the veterans who just suck on this team and you just continually roll them out there every night? How did Josh Bailey and Anders Lee earn their ice time all year long? As well as they played the last six or seven games. How about that? How do you justify sending them out there? If I'm Oliver Walsh, it's like, you know what? They suck way more than I do, and I can shoot the puck. Why are they playing over? Why am I, Why are they playing over me, coach? They miss every defensive assignment that they have out there. How come they play? How does that guy get a C on his jersey? That's what I want to know. I should have a C on my, I should have a C plus on my jersey. Let me ask you this about Matt Barzal, because I'm, I'm not even looking at the comments, but I know people are going to be like, you shit on Anders Lee, you shit on him, you shit on him. Why are you not talking badly about Matt Barzal? Let's talk a little bit about Matt Barzal before we get to our ad grump. Matt Barzal's play since he's come back from injury, I think he's looked great. I I, I, I know he's going to get some hate thrown at him. Oh, well, he's not putting up points. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. Matt Barzal is fantastic. He's and, a leading scorer. Yeah. Think about that. Still the leading scorer. And imagine if he had players that actually complimented his playing style. Let that sink in. Right? Let that sink in. He doesn't have any guys that are extremely fast and skilled skaters. He doesn't have a sniper on his line. He's a guy who's a playmaker and he's a creator. And he doesn't well, he have a sniper now. on his line. Wall Wallstrom's on the first line now. He's only playing 12 minutes a night. Yeah, well, that's so how they're taking shifts without he's taking shifts without Oliver Wallstrom, right? When I see Matt Barzal playing 18, 17 minutes a night, and you know, you're looking at the seven, five, six, or you know, anywhere from five to seven plus minutes that are without Oliver Wallstrom. It's not like he's playing five or seven minutes of power play time out there every night that Oliver Wallstrom's not on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, for me, 
the people who rip Matt Barzell, be careful. Be careful. Has he been the player that he was in recent years? Nope. Does it look like he's disinterested sometimes? Yep. Has he played better since Oliver Wallstrom and Zach Parise have been on that line? Absolutely. They're one of the only lines that uh, gives us consistent offensive zone time. But here's the thing. He's got one year left on his contract, and then he can sign for one more year before he's unrestricted. You should hope that Matt Barzell is teamed with some players that make him look good. Why would he want to stay? That's my concern. I'm concerned about Matt Barzell two years from now. Not today. Two years from now when he's an unrestricted free agent or eligible to be an unrestricted free agent. There's going to be a day of reckoning coming between he and Barry Trotz or management and Matt Barzell in regards to Barry Trotz and his system of play. Will Lou Lamarillo still be here at that time? Will Barry Trotz? I think a lot of that has to do with Matt Barzell stays or not. That's an issue going forward. A really, really big issue. I just, I, I just find it comical how some people are saying, well, you know, hey, uh, Andrews Lee's playing better because Matt Barzell was the problem. I fucking love that one. I love. Like, it. Here's the thing. I honestly, I seriously can't tell if they're just being facetious and they're just trying to be a troll, or if they're being real. Because some people out there seriously believe that, and other people are just trying to poke prod and have a good time and say, "Ha ha, Matt Barzell's not as good as you think he is." Ha ha ha. I, seriously, do you think Matt Barzell was the issue? Matt Barzell and Anders Lee mix like water and freaking oil. Guess what? Jonathan Tavares mixed really well with Anders Lee. Jonathan Tavares did a really good job of finding spots and putting the puck off target and off net and putting it into a spot where Anders Lee could redirect it on net. That's something John Tavares did really well, and he still does really well. It's not something Matt Barzal does well. Sorry, Matt Barzal has a lot of skills and abilities. That's not one of them. You can't go ahead and force him to say, here you go, this is what I want you to do going forward. Matt Barzal is a guy who creates unbelievable space with his wheels and his ability to make sharp turns on his skates. He creates unbelievable space with his ability to go ahead and feed passes through and create for offense. And as he's able to create that space, if you have a legitimate sniper who can go ahead and pick pockets and spots, he will put up so many points and assists and he'll have so many rebounds and second opportunities because just like we had saw a few times with Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal, he's able to go ahead and draw those defenders to him, hit that little soft uh, drop pass, and Oliver Wallstrom has an open lane to open has an open lane to fire on that. That is what a player, a type of player that Matt Barzal needs on his lineup. Matt Barzal and Anders Lee do not mix well together. Brock Nelson and Anders Lee do mix well together. Simple as that. Yeah, they play a similar game, but they need someone to create for them, and that's Anthony Bavillier. I don't know. This is, and, and again, I don't mean to make this one sound like, oh, everything's the rain, you know, the sky is falling. But no, that comes Monday afternoon. <laughs> seriously, though, this is a time period we really have a chance to set our team up for future success. We're in a good spot right now, not a great spot. If you were to trade and make right moves, we could be setting ourselves up for a lot of future success. What I worry is that we're not going to do anything. We're going to say this last six or seven games is actually how we should have been playing all year long and that the, the, the prior 50 games don't even bother taking us into account. 
because those are already accounted for with COVID, with a 13-game road trip, and any other bullshit way they can try to excuse a misproduction and bad performance in the first half of the season. They'll just completely got, ignore it. That's To me, that's the biggest disappointment of the whole year is the fact how this team, the whole organization, including the people who do the broadcasts, do the intermission shows, are just making excuse after excuse after excuse, and the coach falls, oh, you know, we're not using this as an excuse, but as soon as you say that, guess what? That you're using an excuse. Lamarillo's done it at the beginning of the year. Barry's done it all year. You know what? Stop making excuses. The buck stops with the GM and the coach and the players. Don't say, yeah, I'd love to say somebody come up and say, you know what? I'd love, I'd have more respect for Andrew. He says, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I played like dog crap the whole year. I got benched and I'm like, holy shit, I better pick my game up. I'd I had, have more respect for him if he did that. I'd have no problem if he said, I did deal with some mental issues coming back from the knee injury at first. And then he just couldn't find my game, right? My body felt good, but I just couldn't find my game. I struggled. I didn't play well. No issue with that. But to put it all on, oh, it was my knee. That was the real reason why I didn't play well for the first 50 games of the year. It was all he's my not, knee. In his defense, he's not done that. He's not, he's not come out and said that. They have people leaking that shit to people, saying that's the reason, because they want to put an excuse out. This is a big excuse-making team. They make excuses for a poor performance. Stop doing that. I can give you excuses why you were good the last two years. You want that? We can do that. We can go through that process again. No problem. I'm not going to make an excuse for a poor performing team. You played poorly because you were bad this year. You were out-coached, out-GM'd all year. And it continues to this day, particularly out GM'd. <laughs> well, we don't move anybody at the deadline, right? I thought three was going to be an astronomical amount of players that we moved. We're not going to move anyone. I thought just weeks ago, and I'm going to want to eat my freaking words. Just weeks ago, I said, if we if we move three, that would be an underperforming deadline day because I thought there was no way we weren't going to move at least three guys. I said, you know, I'm thinking maybe between three and five. And as we get closer, and closer and closer, it looks like maybe we might move one. Maybe we might move Sebastian Ajo. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Maybe we might move a guy like Kiefer Bellows. Maybe we might move some of the guys who are young that maybe have a chance to perform. Maybe those are the guys we'll move. Maybe we'll have three or five deals. But maybe we'll be like, we're trading away Sebastian Ajo. We're trading away Kiefer Bellows. We're trading away Anthony Bavillier. Maybe that's what we're going to do with the deadline. All the wrong fucking moves. You want to know why we're not moving any veterans? No one in the league wants any of our veterans. You think they, that's you know what it is? Why would they want a guy who's 37 years old? Well, okay, okay. Let's why do they about, want a 45-year-old? Scott Mayfield has value. Simeon Simeon Varlamov has value. Those players have value. Yeah, indisputable he's value. Not, he's, not going, he's not going anywhere either. That was the hopeful thought, right? Well, maybe Varlamov is going to be traded. That's where we're going to playing him so often. That's where we're playing them every other game is because we're trying to showcase Varlamov, guys. Remember that one? Nope. He that just one didn't likes, pan out so well. Barry likes if, if the playoffs started tomorrow, Varlamov would be your starter if we made the playoffs. I guarantee you, Varlamov would be playing in the playoffs. That's what Barry wants. He wants the veteran out there. I don't care. Zorokin could give up no goals the whole year. Varlamov would be the starting goalie come playoff time. No, I don't think it's that. It couldn't I, be that bad, could it? They're back to 
How is that even happening? It's, it's inexcusable. But that gives me the reason to think that there's no way in hell they want to trade Varlamov. They want to pay their starter, you know, the four, whatever he's getting paid a year, three and a half, and they want to go ahead and pay the backup $5 million a year. You're complaining, Nuts, you're complaining about salary cap for next year. You have a backup goalie making $5 million a year. You could get rid of him today and yep. save $5 million and just pick anybody up off the scrap heap because every single year you can pick up any goaltender. It's a volatile market. Every single year, goaltenders change places like quarterbacks in the NFL now. They move all the time, except it doesn't cost as much. There are there are guys you get out there for one and a half or $2 million. If you're not signed for a free agent deal in the first day or two, how much money do you think you're going to get? Only the idiotic Islanders would wait a few days and sign a Varlamov for $5 million a year when you don't have to. It was all about bringing Sorokin over, same age. You don't have to give him $5 million. Okay. You didn't okay. have to get – or no trade. You didn't have to do that. Chose anyway, to. So we'll get back to this, right? I, the reason I feel confident that you can get rid of Varlamov, who's a, who's a solid goaltender, a solid goalie. The reason you can get rid of him – Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn work wonders with their net miners. Absolutely wonders. Think about it, right? They helped turn around Robin Leonard's career. They helped turn around. They helped revitalize Varlamov's career. They helped Thomas Grice's career out in a big way. And Phil Faxwell's like, oh, yeah, look at Robin Leonard's. He, he, was, a, he was a goalie in the past that had a 920 save percentage. What you fail to forget to realize when you say something like that, how many years before he replicated that was it? What is it, three years ago? three years before he had that 9-2 save percentage and he had it revitalized his career with the Islanders. He had three years under that mark. I, I, they revitalized average goalies to play at an above-average level, no doubt about it, because they are fantastic coaches. Where are positions of strengths? Our goalie coaches are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Simple as that. No way around it. Our system helps goaltenders really play good hockey. Simple as that, too. I, that's that's the strength of our team. We've got to utilize that. So if you don't have to overpay an average goalie to be above average, maybe you can go ahead and find a guy of market value because now you've got a really good goalie that you can really go ahead and accentuate and make him look fantastic on the ice. You're talking about you're talking about 25 games a year for a backup. That's what you're talking about. You know, you can get some guy who's in his mid to late 30s, a Brian Elliott type. You can get him to come out there. For you know, twenty-five games. What do you think Tampa did? You didn't see Tampa signing some guy to split the fifty-fifty with Vasilevsky. Why? Because he's a stud. Sorokin's a stud. Why do you think the Rangers would think about moving Georgiev? Because they don't need him. They have Sisterkin. He's not going to get a whole lot of ice time. So you move those guys. You bring in somebody cheaper and a veteran. I have no problem bringing a veteran for that position. But the whole thing is you don't have to pay them, uh, you know, $5 million a year. Don't cry to me about salary cap. It's because you mismanage everything. That's why you're in salary cap trouble. Too many guys in the middle who don't produce consistently or at a high level make too much money. That's the, that's the real problem with this team. Let's go ahead and jump to our ad. And then we're going to get to some comments. Um, we won't be on too, too long this evening. I hate that it's been all negative. But what I see is everybody jumping back on board with the bandwagon. It took six or six wins. What is it? What would be six wins in the last seven games, Grump? I don't even know, to be honest with you. We've won some games, though. Hey, let's give credit. They, the Islanders never say die. That's why we named it this podcast. And they don't. They don't quit. I just wish they wouldn't have quit earlier in the season. So, but 
the part that aggravates me is that everybody jumps right back on the bandwagon again. All it took was six good games. Six well, good games over a seven-game period. We're 6-3-1 and one in the last 10. So, you know, however that breaks out. Okay, so we've got six wins out of the last eight games. Okay. That's all it took for fans to come running back to, hey, we're, we're cup contenders again. And That's the sad part. And we're 20 points out of the playoffs. Okay, 20 points out of the playoffs. You are what your record says you are. We're up. 500 team. I hate to be the, and this is what I do not like. It's like, I feel like, you know, it's like the doctor who's got to go in and say, you've got cancer. I hate to be the person that says, let's bring it down a notch guys. But seriously, let's take a look at what the actual legitimate stats are. Let's take a look at what the season has been. And all it took was six, six wins in an eight game stretch in order for people to say, we're back on board. We're winning a cup again next year. If we make a tweak here or there, that's all we need. Keep the same team together, but just go ahead and get rid of Josh Bailey and add a legitimate winger and, uh, you know, replace Big Z and Andy Green, and we're winning a cup. That's sad. That's Josh, a sad part. Josh Bailey has no market. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Anyway, um, this today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still have a shot to light the lamp. And every Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions, and I mean millions of dollars, in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team and win $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older, restricts supply. See the show notes and the description for additional details. Yeah. Nice ad read. It's easy when you don't have to read off a million of the <laughs> of the items um, in every state that's applicable to, and I can just include it at the bottom. Oh, man. Pony Boy Curtis saying, Grump, is Josh Bailey a cuck? I don't even think I don't even think Grumpy knows what that is. I do, and he is. Oh, stop. Uh, Apex Legends here saying, the Islanders winning now and making it a sure thing that Barry and Lou will do nothing next year is more failure. True. True. Um, he also says, boys, 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 what are you guys doing? Uh, deadline approaching less than 48 hours away. New moves made. The geriatric gang shows up. To play two thirds of the way through the season, and Grandpa Lou is snoozing. True. True. It's, I, it's it's so obvious, right? I just I, I just don't understand. And here's the thing, you know, it's like you see the 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 big names on the market; they're not going at the deadline day day anymore. They go early. Teams want to make sure they get their players early. Giroud didn't didn't go on deadline day. He went today. Lindholm, today. They were the two biggest names out there. They went today. That's why I keep on saying, you don't wait till the last day. You should be proactive because now Boston could have been a, a suitor for Mayfield. Could have been. Yeah, maybe they said, terrific. We're going to get Mayfield on the cheap next year, too. And they don't want to trade him there to a team in the same conference, perhaps. Um, oh, we're going to have to play Boston a few times. But, man, you could have really got a huge return. For a guy like Scott Mayfield, 
to Boston. That's for certain. Now, that said, I think Boston was looking for a left-handed shot, left-shot defenseman. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I'm just throwing out, you know, while other teams are making moves to their players, that means that there's less people to bargain against one another. And, and, and here's the thing, too, right? Hampus Lindholm and Scott Mayfield are not the same type of defender. They're very different in the styles they play. I think the reason it makes Scott Mayfield more valuable, again, is, is the contract that he's got. That's what makes Scott Mayfield the most valuable defenseman, more valuable than Hampus Lindholm. Um, Doug R is saying here, same team next year. Zach P saying that he wants to come back and give Lou an out or give Lou an out to bring him back again. I don't care what he wants. I trade him now. And then I said, Zach, we'll look at it. Everything's a one-year deal. Joe Pavelski, he's not getting multi-year deals. He's one of the leading. He's like the leading scorer in Dallas. One-year deal. Just signed a one-year extension. Why? Because he's 38 years old. You don't give guy, guys like that multiple-year deals. You just don't do it. It's stupid. Matter of fact, it's a fireable offense. He's the best, probably the best. Well, one of the best players on their team, a leader, and he still produces one-year deal, one-year extension. That's all he gets. Zach Parise, we're going to move you. You want to come back? We have that vet minimum contract for waiting for you if you want to come back. That's fine. But we're getting something for you now. We want this team to be better. It's better with you gone and us having an extra draft pick. Because in the offseason, we can add you back. No problem there. Tony Cheese wanted to go ahead and to show you that today. All it needs to be is Anders Lee. He's the garbage man. I guess, I, Grumpy, do you think Brock Nelson's a garbage man too? Brock Nelson's not. Uh, not as much as Anders Lee. <laughs> so, did, Tony Cheese, okay. if you have a supervisor of the that, waste management facility, if they have a guy who's in a suit that's standing in front of the garbage truck and the other garbage men, that would be what, Tony, uh, what Brock Nelson needs to be. <laughs> I could have scored the hat trick goal today. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay, you can hit an empty netter. I got you. It was an empty netter, and the he was standing right in the center of the ice. No one near him. Guy tries to pass it to the far point, right to Nelson. He took his time, lined it up like that intermission challenge where, hey, can you hit the net from here? Hey, everybody's excited. That's what it was, just like that. No one near him. It was just a poor pass by Dallas. Pony Boy Curtis says, the Islanders never on time podcast once again. TJ, you're a joke. And he also says, human fence rider, the Switzerland of answers. The human cliffhanger always over promises and under delivers. Oh, man. See, I uh, wonder who that is. Somebody used to say it's that Jerbin. about before. It's Jerbin Grump. Uh, oh, okay. uh, uh, Veritas Invicta says, average almost knocked Nelson's second goal back out. Um, by getting greedy and trying to get the credit by touching it uh, after the puck went over the goal shoulder and in the air the goal uh, Bailey had a wide open net and shot, shot it high, high. Yeah. missed he missed the net by five foot over the top that's what it was like I'm like how the hell did he miss from that I thought it must have been deflected nope it was Bailey that's what Alexander says hey guys how you both doing tonight what's up Alexander I hope you're doing well yes Alexander's oh. great isn't he uh Nick D says the reason I was running late is because I was trying to find my favorite muscle shirt to put on. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Good thing I wasn't looking at these comments earlier. I'm not just kidding. Um, what will happen first? Lou makes a trade or TJ gets a new logo gets a new logo with the island correct. Oof. Well, neither is gonna happen anytime soon. I, I'm gonna say Lou, maybe it won't be until July of this year, though. He's not making any moves. He's not gonna make any moves in the offseason. This is it. He's not. He might bring another fifty-year-old to play on the team. Yager still wants to play, support the Ukraine. 
He'll come over here. We'll pay him. He's not going to do anything. Nothing. No one wants to come here. Would you want to come here? Honestly, Lou R says, Hey, what's up, Lou? Scott L saying, Hey, guys, what's up, Scott and Brock? Or, and then Tom, Tommy B, Coach Tommy B says, Brock Star, baby. Brock Nelson, I love it. Croc Nelson, the unsung hero of this team. He's played really well this year. I'm happy. I hope he hits a career high in points this year. I'm rooting for nothing but success for Brock Nelson. I know Grumpy doesn't like him very much or doesn't think he's that great. He doesn't think he's a part of the core. I think he's a part, part of the core. Of I love Not what he does. Not part of the core when the team is actually going to be competitive again. See, don't put don't put it out there like that. He's part of the current core, but by the time the team is good again and has a chance to compete, he will not be here. That's my point. That's why I say if you can get a whole bunch for him, fine. I'm free to move him because we're not going to be good for a number of years. Veritas I says. TJ, five minutes late. Get him, grumpy old man. Get him. I, I, you know, I'm going to give TJ a little bit of slack today because he's got his wife's relatives are in town. And actually, this is probably good news for them is that he's doing this podcast. They don't have to. They asked. It. They said, hey, TJ, is there any way you can go ahead and do that podcast for the next 24 hours? Do a 24-hour live, live stream along until we leave? No. Matthew is saying, Brock Nelson sucks, right, Grump? He's on a he's on a he's on a burner right now. Hey, let's give I gave him credit today. Those shots were nice. The first two, the, the third one, no, but the first two, particularly the second one, outstanding. And Ponyboy Curtis says, "Serious question: Why does TJ live in fear of criticizing the very good Islander site? Grumpy tells it like it is and calls them what they are. TJ, Ax. why are you so afraid of them? Uh, well, Ponyboy, they were not very happy. They threatened to shut us down. They threatened to shut us down. They went to our sponsors and said we'd be mean to them." That's yes, what they did. That's all we're going to say. Uh, Ponyboy Curtis says, holy shit, TJ, you're truly experiencing some appalling rapid hair loss. The recede is no joke. I tell Ouch. you, it's like um, it's like Napoleon uh, at Waterloo. Uh, it's the last stand. Um, Frank K says, Brock Nelson has been really good. Varlamov uh, may have uh, went out with his bag or with a bang today um, if it is his last game as an Islander. I don't know, Frank. I don't think we're going to do anything, man. Uh, that's yeah. what worries me. Marty Marty Baron did a uh, a podcast with Chris Botta, uh, I think sometime this week, and he doesn't think he'll get moved to the deadline. He thinks if he gets moved, it'll be in the offseason. Deidre C says, grumpy, happy. Uh, so glad you're smiling. Thank you, Deidre. Um, Grump, do you think that Barzal doesn't seem the same since his injury? Lou better not trade Barzal to Detroit. Um, there was a stupid rumor going around. Did you happen to see the rumor about Matt Barzal grumpy? I did not, but I'm dying to see it now. Oh man, dude. I tell you, it's the biggest load of shit I've ever seen. And I, here's the thing. I have no idea. Who put it on? Can I guess which website put it on? No, 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 no. It's, it was a Detroit. <laughs> it was a Detroit writer. It was a Detroit writer grumpy. Oh shit. If somebody has that link, send it to me immediately. They were talking about Matt Barzal, and he was talking about a trade that involved Tyler Bertuzzi. And I'm just like, why does everybody keep saying James Nickel, I think, came out there and said this, that Tyler Bertuzzi, oh, the Islanders would be open and receptive to talk to Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm like, the guy, I just want to make sure I get this straight, the guy who is notably on record for not getting vaccinated and is not played in eight games this year, I believe, because he's not vaccinated, 
the Islanders are interested in a guy like that when we sent Bodie Wild to another country to play hockey because we didn't want him to be any part of the organization this year because he wouldn't get vaccinated. There's no way in hell the Islanders have any interest in Tyler Bertuzzi. Cross that one off. He's not vaccinated. We've already said, we've already taken a strong stance on that earlier. What's changed? I don't think anything. The whole organization got COVID and Bodie Wild didn't. I don't know. I don't know if he got crazy. Hell knows. Doesn't even matter. Um, I know everybody else in the organization did. That much I do know. Okay. That's why we were so crappy early in the year. They they don't hesitate to tell you. Okay. Um, somebody please go ahead and send me that link. Link it to me on Twitter if you've got it. Um, oh, my friend is excited about you. That's good. Grumpy Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. Get ready, guys. We're going to stand, Pat. Oh, goodness gracious, no. And congratulations to Paige. Thank you, Alexander. I do appreciate that. Alexander is great. He is great. He sends us the fan fight segments uh, for the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. He's great. Love Alexander. Tony Queso says, oh, my God, your wife is a doctor. I take back what I said. She's not out of your league. She's out of your orbit, dude. Oh, wow. Tony Queso. Oh, man. Oh, man I love the planetary, boy. You got kicked oh. right off the planet. Oh, man. John M. saying, nice shirt. Grumpy, tell me what you've got. Tell me what you're sporting today. What are you wearing? I got an Auburn Tiger shirt, courtesy of John McManaman. And I just want to say thank you so much, John. And I wear it proudly. Auburn plays tomorrow, hoping to advance to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Oh, man. Oh, man. Look. And I'm rooting for him, dessert. Matthew S says 27 goals. Mic drop. Doesn't take much to drop a mic nowadays, I guess. Oh, come on, Grumpy. I mean, so how many how many mics has Ovechkin dropped? A hundred? No, he's saying a net drop. He's trying to mic drop because you shit talked him and he's played well. He's been he's been he's he's on a he's on a he's on a heater right now. He is. Okay, call what it is. He's played a really good year this year. A really good year. He's not been hot the whole year. Absolutely not. No. Call it what it is. No, no, no. He's had a really good season. He's, hot. This year. he's one of he's one of those really hot players when nothing matters. Bullshit, bullshit, he's real good bullshit. at that. That's that's Brock Nelson in a nutshell. Oh man, he is what he said he is. <sighs> and I'm not putting him down. Your wife can put hand transplants in or Ooh. give you a full head of hair. No, once it's gone, Pony Boy, it's gone. I don't not even can have hair on. like that, Pony Boy Curtis. Look they at those can, long locks. They can do the plugs. They can. I don't want hair plugs. Right I'll just be bold. I don't think she's a hair doctor, though. So uh, I don't even know what type of doctor that'd be. I assume a dermatologist. Tony Queso saying, hopefully the Easter, hopefully it's Eastern Europe where he can put on Goofy Allen on and try to give a play-by-play on a special operation. Yeah, no, Tony Queso, it's not Eastern Europe. It's going to be Western Europe. Did you see the guy? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know which news channel he was on, but he came out when they were bombing Ukraine and he wore something. I'm like, I don't know. It was like like a reinforced bike helmet or something. I'm like, dude, if they drop a he bomb, he didn't have a real helmet. He didn't have like a real like. Uh, okay, helmet. if you get a bomb, that, that helmet ain't going to do anything. Oh, obviously. I mean, I just I'm like, why the hell are you even wearing that helmet? I it, I help for shrapnel grump because that's not a dr- <laughs> shrapnel is going to hit you in the head. At least you have something to protect you a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Chase or uh, Chase J says Brock is the best Islander, not named Adam or Ilya. Or you can I, also throw Noah or Matt. Totally disagree with that. You're right. There's uh, way more players who are better than he is. John M saying trades are happening. I don't see the Islanders sitting any players to make sure they don't get hurt before the deadline, which means no moves are happening. Yep. True. 
Absolutely, John. Hey, if you're looking for the logical way to, to support the hypothesis of the teams doing nothing, teams are consistently sitting out players they might be trading. Did the Islanders hit anybody today, Grumpy? Can you remind me? Nope. Do you think Keith the Islanders sit anybody? Kiefer Bellows and Ajo. There we go. Those are two guys that were sat. Uh, Rich A says the line combos are a direct reason for the play as of late. Even Bailey, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Paul Mary have been really good together. Yeah. I then agree. I, I agree that the line combinations do have something to do with it. But for me, it's a mixture. It's it's yeah, it's a combination. It really is. It, if that was the case, why hasn't he broken those lines up for years? Because we haven't been able to score in years. Why would you never even attempt to mix him up a little bit? Christmas saying that line of Lee, Nelson, and Bavillier is on fire. I think he's playing better because of who he's playing with. Yes. I think so, too. It definitely helps. No doubt about it. Yes. Uh, does the XFL count? Teach? Yeah, the XFL counts as professional football. The AFL. Uh, what's the AFL? Arena, Arena Football League? Arena Football League. No. I wouldn't play the arena football league. Um, I'm not saying you get paid for it. Technically, it's professional. It's nothing and nothing I would ever play. Um, Tony Queso says here, easy for me to make fun of because uh, I'm just a listener who went to school for criminal justice. And now I unload trucks for a living. He runs across Brock Nelson occasionally and Andrews Lee. Grumpy. Perhaps. Perhaps he does. Deidre C says here, uh, Trotz is pulling a disappearing act on Bellows. I'm not liking that. Do you remember when he like said it. just weeks ago that Kiefer Bellows has now earned himself a legitimate shot to prove what he can do? And now all of a sudden we're winning a few games. And don't look over here. Don't look at the statements that I've made that we said originally were complete bullshit. And everybody said, oh, no, we should believe what Barry Trotz said. And now they move on to the next thing, just like the media. It's the exact same thing. Uh, Isles 44 says, I'm always dubious. Oh, Isles 44, baby. I love the I love the word choice. I'm always dubious when guys get hot after the season is clearly over. The season's been done since January. Nice to see Lee for whatever reason, or uh, nice to see Lee, whatever the reason is, though. See, that's that that that's my whole point. What does it say about the player, the individual player? Some guys have given it their all this year. Some guys have. Palmieri's one of them. Parise is one of them. Yes, they're habitual losers because they played for losing organizations their whole careers. But you could always see the effort was there. You saw the effort in the younger players. You saw the effort in Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield. Mm -hmm. I'm even going to say you've seen the effort in Zidane Ochara. Can't do it anymore, but you can't say he was dogging it out there. The dogs were the aforementioned guys I've been taught, ripping on all year. They've been the dogs all year long. Christmas That's said, concerning to me. Christmas, because we have to go quick through these comments. Um, right. Christmas said, Grumpet Man, uh, look at who Lee was playing with on the first line and look at who he's playing with now. Yeah, because he can't skate, yep. so he fits in good with Nelson. Yep, absolutely. He fits in better with the, with the... And we've been talking about this for years. He's not a fit for Matt Parzell. Just isn't. And we always rolled him out there like he was, and it was always stupid. Mario says here, isn't it... Uh, isn't sin or Coincidental. Oh, coincidental that average started playing better even even or uh, even or better ever since that report spot he had on Barzal, which resulted in him being dropped from the top line. Oh, that reported spot. The spat, the spat that he had with Barzal. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. What was the spat he had with Barzal again? Uh Barzell probably said, you're a lazy piece of shit. How about I didn't know we had a spat. I, th I saw there were some rumors on something like that, but I never saw too much into it. And I didn't read too much into that. 
Uh, maybe I should have. You should have. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Barzell too. is fed up. I think he's fed up with the organization. I really do. And I think his play has shown that. I think he's fed up. Alexander says, Grumpy Man, you're right about Lee. Um, but I think it's uh, it has more to do with his chemistry. Um, but also, do you think Barzal said something to Trotz? Barzal has had his problems with Trotz as well. I'm just going to come out and tell you that. I've heard from a pretty good source that he and, he and Trotz don't really get along either. They got a problem with him. Maybe Matt Barzal is a problem. No, absolutely not. Maybe there are other people who are the problem. Yeah, uh, Isles forty four says I'm terrified that with this winning streak, Lou will uh, will make uh, or will make a move for this year. Please dump or will not make a move this year. Please dump Char Green Parise and Clutterbuck. I'd prefer to keep Varlamov, but uh, won't be heartbroken if he goes. Yeah, well, we get to uh, see everybody says, for the rest of the year. This was literally one of the most pointless team streaks I've witnessed. The only thing that happens when we win is we get a worse draft pick. That's it. Now, every time I see us winning, I roll my eyes. Yep. We knew it was coming. Yep. And Matthew S. talking about that's a problem regarding not showing up, not showing up until now, talking about the Baileys. Again, it's not just one guy. Andrew right. Lee's one of them. Josh Bailey's one of them. There's a multitude of them. Don't give one guy an excuse because I, I think it works across the board <laughs> regarding the non-production. Bavillier has not been good for most of the year. I'd say Anthony Bavillier too. Anthony Bavillier hasn't played well this year. Now all of a sudden he turns it on when the season's over. Pajot yes. has not been good for most of the year. Yep. And we were maybe they're hurt. Pulak has not been good for most of the year. Yeah. I mean, believe me, it, there's more guys who've been terrible all year as opposed to being good. Let me just put it to you that way. Rich A said, Bailey is paired out there with the right players now. He can be a setup guy finally. Yeah. Like I said, he is what he is. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not, even during his little hot streak, three goals in two games, he's still Josh Bailey. He is, I'll tell you what, he is going to the net more. I'm going to give him credit for that. John, John A. Grumpy Old Man saying, this team has good and bad spurts. Look at the two shortened uh, season, uh, seasons prior. Extensive losing and winning streaks. This system is taxing to play game in and game out. It's not only the veteran the veterans' lack of effort, even though that's also has a, a big part to do with it. Yes. Yeah. And we've and always then, said, uh, shoot, we've always said that it's way too difficult to play that system all year long. And then shooters, but yes, Grumpy, absolutely. Shooter Puck Hockey says, well, we all know it now. Lou ain't going to do shit. Um, and we've been playing better as of late. It's going to take a shit. It's going to be a shit show next year. And how about that save Saron King made? Yes. And then, uh, um, yep, that rumor is possibly was true. I look at the chemistry between the current lines, how hard they play and you guys uh, that you have animosity towards. I'd love to see the, the uh, link about what was what happened with Lee and Barzell. I don't think there's a link. I think it's just a rumor. It's not like people are writing like for the Sun in the United States, where it's like the in, the Inquirer says that Josh or uh, that Matt Barzell and um, and Anders Lee got into a spat at the end of it. They swung sticks at each other, and they said, "I'm going to carve you up, Racky." I don't think it's like that, Grump. Hey, those things happen, though. They do happen. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, every team goes on a winning streak. How many times did Buffalo start off the season red hot? True. Yep. Absolutely. They lose 15 in a row. He thinks that's an indictment of Barry Trotz waiting so long to shift the lines up. True. And Bailey is very soft in the head. He needs to get uh, agitated. He gets very agitated very easy by outside criticism. What a shitty professional. What a weak professional. I'm sorry. Weak professional. 
Um, I told you guys this many times. This team was underachieving. They were not working as hard as they did in the years past under Trots. This team should have at least had a few points back fighting for a playoff spot. Even if you qualify for a playoff, let's say we even qualified for the last playoff spot. Where are we going from there? We're nowhere near good enough to beat any of the good teams in our conference. Not even close. Not even close to being good enough to beat Carolina or Pittsburgh. I think we could beat the Rangers, though. That's the one team I think we could beat. Matthew S. also agreeing. It's so frustrating to see how we're playing now and when it's too freaking late. Matt Barzal with what? He's got 39 points. 40 points. He's got 40 points. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's got 40 points. Leads a team in points, Paul. I look at it like this. If you had guys that accentuated his ability to play, he'd have an unbelievable amount of points. And this or is a guy played- who was averaging more, more than a point a game his rookie year under Doug Waite when they were playing the high-flying, you know, no defensive style of hockey. And ever since Trotz is here, the guy's lucky to break 60 points a year in a full season. If we played as a team who had a, who stylistically wanted to create any offense, he'd have double that in points. Yeah. And he'd be happy too. Yeah. And uh even after winning, we're still what? We're still 19 points back from the playoffs. We aren't even close to catching Columbus. This is ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, it's just okay, we're playing better, but we don't make up any ground because the other guess what? The other teams are better than us. Brian P also saying here, the reason we're playing better is because there's no pressure now. The teams that are out of it and they're always, you know, they always seem to play well. No pressure. Yep, that's what definitely one thing adds up. James F. saying, yeah, um, why are they playing well, TJ? It's because of the trade deadline, in my opinion. They don't want to get traded away. I, I bite on that one, too. Um, Matthew S. saying, unless it's you know getting around league minimum next year or possibly slightly more than 900K, say goodbye. And that's the thing, Matt. What happens, Matthew, I'm sorry. What happens if he says, hey, with the bonuses I got, I got you know one million in bonuses this year. I got league vet minimum. I got one million in bonuses. I want to get that same contract. I want one point seven five, or I want an increase. I want it to two million. Are we saying yeah? Let's jump all at that. I, I don't know. What thing that makes him so great is that his his cap hits so low. Um, anyway, moving right along here. Uh, John A saying uh, they should focus on becoming perennial playoff contenders, and by standing pat. Um, at the deadline, they will be denying themselves that chance. This year and next year are the two deepest drafts in quite some time. Why wouldn't you want to acquire as me- as much draft capital as possible, regardless of what round, in uh, order to find some diamonds in the rough? Because Lou doesn't care. He's at the end of his string, end of his, you know, how many years does he have left? He wants to try to get a Stanley Cup before he retires. It's not going to happen, uh, you know, so, um, so I think he's a little selfish in those regards. And then Isles 44 is saying, as much as I want uh, to dump these guys, um, the only guys who uh, who are pending unrestricted free agents have zero value. I'd be shocked if you could even get a fourth round pick from both of these guys. Maybe Clutterbuck gets you a third. That's okay. All those picks add up. And then you can maneuver the draft board. Hey, you know what? We'd like to get a pick at the end of the first round. We have a second. And we have three thirds and two fourths. I'll give you this, but if you know, just maneuver up the board. Yeah, no, you brought that up earlier. Brent W is saying here, I don't want Parise back, even a vet minimum play Bellows, Grump. And I think that's something you usually agree with. And Parise offers more than Bellows as a complete player. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, but he's not, again, he's not a guy who's going to be part of the solution going forward. 
John M saying here, if we don't make any, we don't move anybody at the deadline, it will set the team back three years and um, uh, three years of not making the playoffs and another five years, maybe of rebuilding. You can rebuild faster with free agency. I don't think that anyone wants to play here though. That's the, pro not for Barry Trotz. They don't, um, but yeah, that's the whole thing. All you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. It's all you're doing. I don't believe the team uh, that has a you know a good goal trend a good goaltending. I, I don't believe a team that has good goaltending, good defense. Um, if you take out Chara Green and uh, put in a good center, that it should be in the position that we're in. That's why I'm saying they're underachieving. I don't know, Paulo. When we look at and we'll look at the 82 game year, you don't underachieve over an 82 game span. You kind of are what you are. You could say maybe we're underachieving over a 20 game span. Maybe I'll give you 30 or 50 something games into the year. Kind of are what you are, I think, at this point. And uh, we uh, the, the schedule only gets tough for the remainder of the season. If we come away with more than a 500 record at the end of this year, I would be shocked. Even with us playing on house money when the season's over and things don't matter, I'd be shocked if we come away with a 500 record the remainder of the year. The problem is, at the end of the year, a lot of the teams that we're playing for are going to be jockeying for seeding in the playoffs. And those That's games are going to matter. They can't afford to lose to a cellar dweller like us. Chara's officially 40 not, 45, guys. Oof. Oof. Congratulations uh, to Daniel Char. Tony Case is saying, preach, TJ, appreciate Grumpy Old Man. This is what Chris is, Christmas is saying. Grumpy Old Man, if that was the case about the team not playing, um, then wouldn't that be um, wouldn't that be on the coach? I agree, especially with Bailey and Lee, um, who seem to have just flipped the switch. And that doesn't that mean that the team is better and closer to a Stanley Cup than ripping this team apart? Uh, no. Because the team is laced with guys in their 30s who are not going to get better. They're just going to get worse. You're never going to win a Stanley Cup with this group, ever. Until you embrace that fact that you want to keep on throwing good money after bad, you're just going to – the same endless cycle is going to happen. Eventually, you're going to have to tear it down and rebuild it. Um, Brett W. says, Lou has never been a seller. He won't move anyone. Yikes. Uh, Ponyboy Curtis says he's the oldest dude in the NHL or the oldest dude currently playing in any of the North American sports league. I think that oh, is he older than Brady now, Grump? Brady's going to be 45 in August. Okay, so he's the oldest. Uh, John A. says here, uh, how do we get in touch with Lou to address our concerns? A carrier pension? Probably. Um, SP says, I see what Lindholm and, uh, and Sherratt are getting huge returns. Why don't we move Mayfield? Uh, I couldn't tell you. It makes too much gonna, sense. We're going to win a cup next year. That's why, guys. We're winning a cup. We're it, 20 points off of a playoff spot today, but we're winning a cup next year. Don't you doubt it. Don't you even think that we don't have a chance to do that? It makes no sense. Honestly, it makes no sense. Um, uh, is this team, um, is this team as uh, is maybe – uh, hopefully, minus Big Z, a playoff, a playoff team next year after being well rested and having after having a long, you know, long two years after playing a lot of games. Okay, Jeff, the last two years we played what, eighty games, 80 games. Yeah. eighty-two games, because remember it was a shortened season and then the playoffs and then fifty-four in the playoffs. So you're talking what, maybe 85, 90 games? They didn't have an extended point. They had an extended playoff run, but it was shortened in the regular season. So. And that's what people, that's what people, that's what the media is neglecting to say. Oh, it yeah. takes a lot out of you when you have to go deep into the playoffs like that. 
Yeah, can can I ask you a question here, Butchie? Um, when you play 54 games in a regular season, it winds up being like 30 games in the postseason, 84 games. That's like getting a first-round exit, getting swept. That's not even like playing. You realize we did not play 30 playoff games, right? Oh, even better. Playing less than 82 games in a season. Max, max 21 games each playoff series. That didn't happen. John A. saying here. John A. saying here, without a doubt, TJ, those late round picks are good to have, especially in deep drafts. You can either trade and move up, or you could just use them. Absolutely, uh, Matthew S. saying that's the best save I've ever seen. It's it was fantastic. incredible. It was incredible, and it wasn't a lucky save. He made the move with the stick, falling on his back, saw where the puck was. It was incredible. Christmas saying, yep, uh, Sorokin is the best goalie right now. He will be at the top someday. He's fantastic. He's a top 10 goalie in the NHL. He's fantastic. John Smith saying, Char and Green are old and unexceptional. They are. They were the pair on the ice today for both goals against. That's coaching. B40 says, if the Lee, if the Leafs offer a good deal for Varlamov, do you have a problem with the Islanders potentially helping the Leafs that win a cup? No problem. Here's the thing. The Maple Leafs are not winning a cup. Doesn't matter. They got to play probably camp in the first round. Bye bye, Toronto. Brian B says it's time. Lou's got to go now. Yep. James F saying here, TJ, um, you got to show that save. Yeah, I did. Uh, that must have been earlier. Uh, doing nothing at the deadline is downright criminal. True. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. There it is. So in 2021 or 2020, 2021 season, we played 57, right? Was it 57 regular season games? It had to be uh, it had to be an even number. That was last year. It was 50, uh, 56. 56 regular 19. season games plus 19 playoff games. Okay. So that tells you, yeah. Um Anthony Bavilia has played great with Nelson and Lee or N- uh, Nelson and Lee. He's on a heater too. Yep. Playing well. Absolutely. Um we got to try to sell uh we got to try to sell this team to free agents this offseason. Good luck. <laughs> Empty stadium. Get used to it. Pavilion has been so frustrating this season. I think Pavilion just showed that he is just a third line guy on a good team, a streaky third line left wing. Nothing more. Yeah. I mean, he is what he is at this stage. He's not, I don't think he's going to improve. Maybe if he went to another team, it would be different. But on this team, what you see is what you get. Brian B says Stevie Y uh, has said that Detroit is open for business. All but two players are available. That's how you do business, Lou. Absolutely. Oh man, I'll tell you, an unreal save. Yeah, I mean, tell you that was a fantastic save. Oh, again, uh, stale bread, no less. Mm. And then uh, John A saying, as a former amateur goalie, uh, it hurt me just looking at that. It was an incredible save, one of the best that I've ever seen. Just whoosh, sprawling out over there, my God, backwards, going backwards with the paddle, incredible. Mm. I tell you, I tell you, oh man, Barley does not make that save. Your five million dollar backup. Does not make that safe. Not many goalies do. Frank saying, hey, guys, hope you're well. My man, Brock Nelson. This team's hot. It's a great line, Grumpy. Absolutely. And then uh, Paul D says here, the past two seasons, they've won a majority of their game, their one goal games. This year, they've lost 17 or 17 of their 28 one goal games. You can't be dependent on winning one goal games all the time. I'm about to say. So, and I don't know what their record has been in one goal games in previous years. I couldn't tell you that either. Wouldn't it be nice to to have a team that you could score some goals to where not every game we win is a one goal game to where we can win some games by two or three or four goals? It's hard. It's hard to do that. It's really, really hard to win. Every day is a grind. Very, very difficult. Oh, who cares? Uh, 
who we beat or lose to. We have to sell at the deadline. Lou should be fired. TJP says trade Barzal. No way, TJP. No way at all. Josh Bailey is like uh, one of those WWE jobbers that gets destroyed by the big name WWE superstars. Calvin Cuckmeister. Uh, B40 says teams will always overpay for goaltending at the deadline. Lou has to hit a home run on the Varlamov trade. Absolutely. He's, he's not going to move him. Well, he would, but he's not going to. Right I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really Frank, do. Frank saying you guys are so focused on draft picks, which usually fail or not, uh, or not there or we're supposed to be. They're or the lifeblood of the team. They're the lifeblood of the team and they have cost certainty for until they're age 27. That's why you have to have a concerted effort to have a good scouting department to make those things pay off. Alice 44 says, TJ, uh, who do we have that's even remotely comparable to Hampus Lindholm? Any player we have locked up for year's end, um, anyone with expiring contract like Lindholm, old men, like I'm telling you, Mayfield is a guy to where he, again, they're not exactly the same. They're both defensemen. No, they play opposite sides. But Mayfield offers more in cap certainty than Hampus Lindholm does. How much do you think Hampus Lindholm is going to get paid in the contract extension? Five making, plus million, five and a half, making, six million dollars a year. He's making five and a half now. So you think maybe six, six and a half, seven? Hampus sure. Lindholm. Sure, he ain't worth that. He'd never get that on this team. No way. Because you know, there's oh, we can't pay you more than we paid uh, Pulak and Pelic. Can't do that. Uh. Uh-uh. No. And in, in, in lose defense. He's probably not, he's definitely not as good as Bellick, definitely not as good as Dobson, and probably not as good as Pulak. I think him and Mayfield are comparable, different styles, but comparable with play. I didn't know Lindholm only had twenty-two points on the season. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not. He's not a guy who puts up fifty points a year. It's never. That's not who he's ever been. And then. Uh... How about Claude Drew? Yeah, trade was big. I thought they got underpaid. Thought they got underpaid. Agree, grumpy old man. Lou has to trade Mayfield after next year. He's a top two righty defenseman. Yeah, for us, he's a third pairing guy. Mm. Um, Frank says, Grump, it's better to move Mayfield uh, the last minute. Uh, they're probably going to get. They're probably going to get a good bidding war to take it to the last minute. I don't know. I it's, hope so. I doubt it. Thinking. I think it's wishful thinking. Every, like you look at these teams who are holding players out. We're not holding Scott Mayfield out of games. He could get injured tomorrow and he'd have no value. A lot of times, if you're going to trade somebody, you start sitting them out the week before the NHL trade deadline. If you have a deal that's like just about consummated, do you feel like it's it's pretty much there? It's going to happen. You sit a guy out. Yeah, we never sit anybody out. Claude Giroux, thousandth game. Hey, farewell ceremony. Knew he wasn't going to be there. Christmas saying here, Lou has two top left defensemen, uh, Pelic and Sallow. Uh, the fact that I think Lou is willing to gamble that Mayfield will sign for pennies on the dollar after next year instead of moving him uh, for King's Ransom now is nuts to me as well. I don't even think it's that. I think that he's saying, I know he's not going to sign back for us because there's no way he's taking pennies on the dollars. He's earned $1.45 million throughout the, the prime of his career. He's going to want to finally get paid. The thing is this, they are willing to hold Mayfield's contract because he's a valuable player for that contract and saying, we're going all in to win this next year, knowing that you probably won't be here eight years after. We're going to lose you via unrestricted free agency, unless we're so hideously bad next year that we trade you away for pennies. It's The, the, the thought process on it is dumb all the way around. It's, it's beyond stupid all the way around. What team in the Metropolitan Division do we supplant for a playoff spot next year? 
yeah, I heard that the Rangers are going to get a lot worse. I heard that the Washington Capitals are going to fall off the face of the earth. I heard that Sidney Crosby and Malkin were going to stop playing hockey. They both retire this offseason. And, uh, yeah, so I think I think that's what's going to happen with those three teams, Grump. Like I said, it's very – we might scrape in as the eighth playoff team. Maybe. Maybe. Boston is still going to be there. Toronto. I heard the Carolina Hurricanes were actually disbanding their hockey team as well. Oh, that might I heard the Red Wings, a team that's on the fringe for next year. I heard they're not going to make any improvements next year. I heard that guys like Mo Cedar, guys like uh, Lucas Raymond, they're actually going to guys like you know Dylan Larkin, they're going to take steps back next year. I mean, I'm not even talking about the teams who are going. I'm to even get talking better. about wild card spot, right? I'm let's assume right, right. They're going to disband the Carolina Hurricanes. Crosby and Malkin are retiring this offseason. The Rangers are going to fall off the planet Earth, and then you're going to have the Capitals. Well, they're just going to kind of flutter. But if we're looking even at a wild card spot, now Detroit's going to be a legitimate contender for a wild card spot going forward. In all seriousness, yeah, Boston's just- not going to fall off the Earth. Florida's still going to be there. Tampa's still going to be there. Toronto's going to be there. Boston's still going to be there. Washington's still going to be there. Pittsburgh's still going to be there. Carolina's going to be there. Look at how many teams are still going to be there. And now you're adding Rangers. Detroit to the mix. The Rangers are going to be there. And now the, the freaking Detroit Red Wings are going to be there. Mark my words. And Columbus is getting better, too. They've overachieved this year. Not yet. They still have guys, young guys like Kent Johnson. They'll be two, three years away. The Kent Johnsons are still a little bit away, but they'll be there. We don't have anyone who's two, three years away from making this team better. One team, one one person, Atu Ratu. That's it. Um, Dobson, best power play defenseman since Brian Burrard. He's really, really good. Mm. TJ, your rant is dead on tonight. I appreciate it, Nick D. I appreciate it. You know what we don't hear anymore? These Noah Dobson needs to be moved to somebody else. Deal. That's good. Throw Just- Dob- make Dobson a throw-in, you know, to get some big name. Yeah, no, stuff is so unbelievably dumb. So unbelievably dumb. Let's trade the young guys. We called that keep, out. Keep all the bets. That makes sense. Mario's saying, yeah, I never thought that Cal Clutterwork was going to get traded. Uh, had Lamarillo not re-signed Sezikis, uh, maybe. But both Lamarillo and Trotz have crushes on the identity line. Oh, God. Ridiculous. Marquez saying Lindholm is way better than Mayfield and Boston will extend him. Won't be a rental for long. Mark, I will say this. Mayfield's style is more conducive for successful playoff runs. Yes. Lindholm is not. Lindholm maybe is a better regular season defenseman. Okay, it's close, but sure. Let's give it to you. Um, you still have a really cheap year on Scott Mayfield that matters for teams that are up against the cap. That's for certain. True. Um, man, I'll tell you. But do I think that oh Mayfield is better than uh um Sherratt? Yeah, he thinks and he thinks Mayfield's better than Sherratt. He is. They got a first round pick for him plus. Yeah. Uh, Mayfield's really good. Yeah, I was about to say. <sighs> I love and you know I love Scott Mayfield. I wanted him playing way before he made the starting lineup. I love Scott Mayfield, but you know what? I want him to get paid. I hope he does. And I'd love to see him win a Stanley Cup. And that's why I hope he gets moved. Knowing, uh, Mario says, knowing Lamarillo, he'll probably get two fourth round picks for Scott Mayfield and say, uh, so I'm okay with Lamarillo not trading him. Oh man, a little throwback to the Devontae's mishandling. Um, Christmas said, Grumpy Man, uh, I don't think that teams really completely rebuild anymore with free agency and trades. Well, for us, that's the only way it's going to work because we don't make any trades that work. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, we don't sign any free agents. 
Brian B says, uh, I want to win a cup, Grump. Don't care about anything else. Don't care how many rounds we win. Just want to win a cup. That's all that matters. That's right. That's why Brian is my brother from another mother. That's exactly the way I think. Mm. You're not first. You're where? Last. Thank you. Grumpy old man, come on. Clutterbuck is possibly um, the uh, the egg fourth liner, in the, uh, the best fourth liner in the league. We can trade him and get him back. He's excellent. He's He's like, gonna say, if you ever wanted to come back, what's to say you can't trade him away and then try to sign him back if you really are so adamant? He's going to be 35 no. years old next year. I know. I would say no. But, what, okay, Lou, think about it. That's right up Lou's alleyway. Man, let's give him a two-year contract extension. 35-year-old Cal Clutterbuck. I'll keep our fourth liners. Matt Martin will be 33-34. Casey Zizekos will be 30-31. Cal Clutterbuck will be 35. We'll have our third-line left-winger Parise being 38 years old. Jean-Gabriel Pajot will be 31 years old. Our third-line right-winger will still be Oliver Wallstrom because he won't be playing a top-six role. You know, all the good things will happen. I'm petrified we're going to re-sign Josh Bailey back. No freaking way. Oof. He's still two years away. Okay. Do you guys think that uh, Luke Robitaille has the most points? Or do you guys know that Luke Robitaille has the most points in NHL history, second just behind Alexander Ovechkin? So that tells me left-wingers with talent are minimal. You got to be very patient with Anthony Bavillier. Um, yeah, but both those guys are Hall of Famers. And there's been other Hall of Fame left-wings too. Clark Gillies being one. Doesn't matter just about points, other things too. Christmas said, Grumpy Man, we have defense and goaltending. A complete rebuild isn't necessary. I agree. We got to do some sort of, of revamped retool, but it may <laughs> take us to take a, a year where we take a full step back, right? Don't think that we could say, hey, I'm going through the NASCAR pit lanes and a retool is three months and we're back into it. Right, we took a step back this year as a team. We need to go ahead and make legitimate alterations. A retool is a one-year, one-year retool. We're back into a perennial playoff contender. That's fine, right? If next year we say, okay, we're still going to be a less lesser talented team than where we want to be, and then going forward, right, we've had a chance to kind of build up some of the cupboards. Now we can go ahead and use picks. Now we can go ahead and say, now that we've got a strong base to build off of, now we can allow the players to continue to grow. We have too many guys who are in the thirties on this team. You got to, until you get rid of them, you cannot make the team any better. That's what I mean. I mean, to me, how many guys have to be moved to all this team? Five, six? That's rebuild. That's not retool. That's rebuild. B40 says here, I uh, hate to say it, uh, but we should see what the, what the market is for Matt Martin. Love the guy, but the clock is ticking. No market. Yeah. The bomb has already exploded on Matt Martin. 32 year old fourth liner with three years left on his deal. Uh, he's only got he's only got two more left after this one. Yep. Oh my gosh, Grumpy, you're not fair to my man Brock. I know he's not. And Frank, I just I've lived just to not even bother with with Grumpy on that. Dan L says here, I love this show. You guys are 100 percent right, but it's depressing as hell too. True. You know, I hate. Yeah, we We're don't. Depressed too. We're not happy. We're not Trust happy with the direction of the team. No, absolutely not. Oh man, why do we call him Barzal? Not Barzal. I don't. I, how do you pronounce it? Barzal. Barzal. I don't even know. Now, see, now I'm confused. I don't even know how I pronounce it now. I always pronounce it Barzal, and I have some people who are like it's Barzal. I'm like, I don't know. I always call him Barzal. Sorry. Um, uh, Anthony R is saying he's actually playing on the first line. Check out Barzal's ice numbers since he's been back. Uh, just as bad as Wallstrom's. Oh God. 
Barzal or Barzal is honestly is gone. Seriously, he's not resigning. Oof. Let's say you limit him and turn him into a third line center, which is what Barry's always wanted to do anyway. He hates, he's hated Matt Barzell since he's been here. Hated him because he doesn't play the grinded style. I'm telling you, you want to piss off the best player on your team? Go right ahead. You want to see empty seats, Ledecky and Malkin? Keep hiring, keep Barry Trotz's in the fold. Go ahead. Keep Lou Lamarillo as the GM. Go right ahead. When you lose your best player, you got nobody to blame but yourselves. <sighs> and here's the thing. Eventually, you're going to see. We've been talking about this for, how, for what, a year now? At least a year. What needs to happen with Matt Barzal? Okay, Matt Barzal. Okay, that's how people pronounce it. Oh, I, um, don't know, I don't know how I do it. Maybe I flip. Ryan B says, it. let me guess. Priestley just bought himself a new house next to the arena. There you go. That's enough to get a re-sign. <laughs> uh, Frank saying, uh, TJ, we had to get the new arena building. That's a factor. I hope it's a factor. People used to use the excuse why we could never sign an unrestricted free agent because we didn't have a good arena. And now we've got that. That's no longer an excuse. I'm just wondering. Like We had talked about it's a perpetual line of excuses that this organization and franchise has habitually made. What's the new excuse going to be when we don't sign big name free agents? We no longer have the arena as an excuse. We no longer have that we're a laughing stock in the NHL. We no longer have that we don't have a legitimate head coach. What's the new excuse going to be? I'm seriously curious. Kind of hope we don't sign anybody just to see what the new excuse is going to be. How many straws are, are we out of straws to grasp? Or is there going to be something legitimate that okay. gets there? Is there going to be a water leak or this something is, like that? Yeah. Or a sewage pond? I'm just like, I seriously, I'm just like, I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with them. I'm sick and tired of them. I'm fed up with them. Okay. You realize that what they're going to sell next year is we had to schedule the arena and open on time. You know, we had to play all those road games. We had COVID. They're going to throw it all out there. Poor Andrews Lee was recovering from his knee injury. Took him 14, 18 months to recover from that before, you know, all of a sudden he got demoted and he started playing better. But it was the knee injury. I love it when they say it usually takes a full year to recover from an ACL injury. That's just, that's just, a, that's just a science. Adrian Peterson, what was it? 10 months. And here's the thing. Running back is a way tougher position to play with an ACL tear than left wing, where you glide most of the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Players come back faster on ACL tears in the NHL. Why? Because you're not every single stride you take is not a twist, a torque that happens with the knee. They, they glide and they angle. I'm not saying you're I'm not, not minimizing cuts, the injury. You're not making cuts as oh, yes. here's the thing. You're making cuts, you're stopping, everything of that nature. But again, it's not every single time you make a move, it's a violent, aggressive movement where you're digging yeah. your feet into the ground, where you're putting and you're getting your body extended, and people are coming and hitting your body as it's extended on your knee and things like that. So again, it's a lot tougher in the NFL to bounce back regarding the mental aspect too. Um, Shane H, this is 100 percent right, says, Look, I like Lee, but he's a rebound shooter. Not a sniper. Yeah, he's the garbage man. He's yeah. a really good garbage man. That's right. That's why I call him average. He does one thing really well. Everything else, he's below average. Yep. Mm, I tell you. Oh, man. John Smith saying, I'd burn up some of that $14 million in cap space and buying out Bailey's contract. He cannot be on this team next year. He'll be here. Hmm. TJ, I just published it on a page. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, the Detroit rumor was BS. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, Matthew. Give me a sec. 
Let me see if I can pull this one up for Grumpy before we conclude today's show because we run a little bit of a short one. Matthew, I'm going to have to pull this up. Grump, but it involved us giving up. I, I want to say they also had us giving up Sorokin or maybe it was Atu Ratu in a first. Honestly, I cannot remember. It was so unbelievable. It's a guy who's a beat writer for Detroit. And I was just like, my God, he's one of those blue check guys. And I'm just like, holy crap. Uh, you know, <laughs> this has got to be a joke, doesn't it? It's got to be some sort of. His name is Nolan Bianchi. Let me pull him up here on. Uh, I'll get Bianchi. It Bianchi. Give me a sec. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to pull it up. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Al Snob. You're a machine. And thank you, Matthew. You guys are all both legends. I probably got tagged by other people too, but everybody who tagged me in it, you're legends. Um, Nolan here, grumpy old man, says um, this. Uh, this would have been an insane thing to propose a year ago, but the Islanders should give up Matt Barzal, Atu Ratu, and a second-round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi, a Philip Hornick, and a fifth-round pick. And it, uh, propose a year ago, but uh, please. Okay. He did say that Tyler Bertuzzi is probably more of a fit for what Barry Trotz likes to do. Which now, is that I believe, that's true. Matt Barzal is not a fit. For what Barry Trotz likes to do, that's but right. still the value of Barry of, of Matt Barzell is much more on any other team in the Trotz. NHL. Matt Barzell is the player you want out of that. He's the most valuable player in that deal. Not here though. But Nolan's right. Matt Barzell is not a fit for the Barry Trotz system. He's not Think about this. Doesn't even watch the Islanders. Detroit Red Wings beat writer. Yeah, yeah. Matt Barzell is not a fit for the Barry Trotz style. He's not yeah. wrong. Oh man, it's a troll account. Oh, goodness gracious, I'll tell you. Training Bavillier would not be a good idea. They have to hold on to their young talent, says Nick. Yeah, that's not what they like to do, though. Uh, Christmas saying, see you guys tomorrow. Sorry, I'm blasting through these comments, guys. But, um, yes, Grumpy, we're here. Oh, sounds like Hampus Lindholm, $6.5 million for $8 million for eight years. Cr crazy. Crazy. I don't think he's that special of a guy. He, but hey. He's not. He's not. Yeah, the, the New York Islanders will not compete for a wild card with Detroit. Yep, absolutely not. And yeah, Detroit's going to have that spot locked in next year as a wild card. I was about to say that it's going to be tough. That Atlantic is mighty tough. Every Mark other team every, won't get traded. Every other team improves every year, and we just stay the same. SB said, "Best way to rebuild a team is through the draft. Since no one's coming up through the Islanders, it's our only option. Problem is, Lou gives away all of our first and second rounders for forty-year-olds. True. Yep." Absolutely. Well, Grumpy, we're here. Oh, somebody don't hear any more about a Samuel Balduke. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe he'll bounce back next year. We bought it to the were you wearing the orange and blue sunglasses on that one? We'll say yes. It. Yes, you were. You were too. Don't call that BS. You were I, I always say they're prospects until they're not anymore. Oh, That's shit. what I always say. That's why I say pump the brakes on Ratu, pump the brakes on Sallow a little bit. I liked what I saw from Sallow. He's not there yet, but Won't hopefully. You? What I'm hoping is we have four defensemen going forward. That's what I hope. Want you, want you to sigh says here, well, a bunch of the team rested for 40 or 50 games, so they should be ready to go now. Um, now that you know they, they want to play in the playoffs, unfortunately, that's not how it works. True. Grumpy. Let's yes. go ahead and wrap things up, though, today. Uh, right. What do you want to say before we end things? I so just want short. I... We were going to give me one second, Grumpy, one more second. If they do nothing, Grump and I are talking about this. I almost want to come on just to air and vent shit out on Monday. I know you don't want to. You're shaking your head no. no. But if on Monday they don't do anything, I want to come and rant a bit. No. Grumpy doesn't want to. No. Why not? Because you ranted all day today. You ranted all day today. 
you can rant again on Wednesday night if you Wednesday's want. Wednesday's the last day we're doing a podcast for probably quite some time, Grump. So, so I'd rather that one be actually a thought-provoking podcast. But maybe we'll just have to really rein things in. Remember, I'm tra- I travel and I leave on Friday. So we're going to be packing shit up and we're going to be doing a lot of stuff like that. So maybe an emergency podcast on Monday, if we do nothing, will be will be needed and required. No, it won't be. If what do you, you got a date or something, Grumpy? You don't have an emergency podcast if you have nothing. If you have nothing to report, I'm just telling you how it works. A complete blunder by the team. No movement is almost just as bad as giving up Devontae's for two second round picks. Didn't you have enough of that today? You did that today. It's not official yet, though, Grump. And I think, of course, now he's having internet issues. But it's not official yet at this moment, Grumpy old man. That's that's the issue. That's that's the issue that I've got. Oh man, grumpy, grumpy. You're back, grumpy. Can you hear us, grumpy? Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay. What I, was, I, I did I did do that today, but I just said it's not official, right? They come out. To, they can come out tomorrow, and make a few trades. Not likely. They come out Monday, and make a few trades. If, not if, likely. If, if they make some type of trade that's not Cal Clutterbuck for a fourth round pick. There's no reason to do a podcast. Emergency if they make podcast. no moves, I think there is a reason to do an emergency podcast. No, you you already ranted today. You got the, your rant out. You got your rant on. I mean, that's all you did for the first hour of the show was go rah 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 rah. That's all you did. Which is fine. I don't mind. I took a back seat. I let my angry gene. I just let it simmer because you were just a little cray cray today. It's fine. Oh man! But there's we'll no reason to call an emergency podcast to do what you did today. I don't feel. Leave it in the comment section below. If you guys want to see us go berserk after we make no moves on Monday? Let us know. If you want to see Grumpy lose his fucking mind and go ape shit crazy on Monday after we do nothing, leave it. I'm this not way. going to because I don't expect us to do anything. I don't expect us to do anything. You chastised me when I said, Max, we're going to move three guys. I'd be surprised if we even moved three guys. You were chastising me live on the air. And it winds up once again that I'm correct. And you are mistaken. Well, let's do this. Let's wrap things up today. We'll play it by year. Maybe on Monday, if I can convince Grumpy, I'll have to wear him down. Um, yes, Drew, I did show him the hive that collapsed on your car. Thanks for sending it in. Um, but we will be tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, talking about the big trade, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. Lots of movement in the NFL. Lots of movement. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson being traded. Exactly. Lots of movement across all things sports. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. You can find it in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel. But Grumpy, before we wrap things up today, what do you want to say to everybody? What do you want to say to the lovely listeners out there, Grumpy? First of all, do you think we're going to talk about the greatest recruiter in NFL history? What do you mean? You'll have to find out tomorrow. Uh, love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm not sure what the hell that meant, Grumpy Old Man. but uh, Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> I guess it's going to be a surprise to me, too. But tune in tomorrow to TJ and the Grumpy Old Man as a featured page on our YouTube channel. You can find that in the link also in the description below. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. <sighs> Deep breaths. We'll be speaking with you shortly. Have a great evening, guys.